Obscenity Safe Space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hi. Did you see the quote from the president today? Nope. Okay. Uh, He was uh, in Massachusetts, I believe, giving a a speech about uh, environmentalism, his his climate uh, emergency declaration, all this talking about how we're going to convert the uh, something like a coal plant or some old form of energy into new green energy. He was describing how growing up in Delaware, they would drive past oil refineries and some sort of residual oil would end up on their windshields and they'd have to wash it off. And he says, that's why I and many others have cancer. He, he said he has cancer today. And the White House is saying, well, he was he referred to uh, having some uh, cancerous skin growths removed within the last years, uh, last few years, which is true. He's never had serious cancer. He has had small instances of melanoma, apparently, even if true, though. How did the oil cause the skin cancer? And he didn't say, How I bizarre. had cancer. He says, I have cancer. Just clear as day. He Just said, exposure to oil film gave him cancer that he has currently, along with many other wow. people. So that's How really crazy. Official White House explanation is he meant skin cancer, which as far as I'm aware is not related to this. But okay. Uh, that was, uh, well, that's what we're dealing with within the last few hours. The only other thing I wanted to mention at the top of the show, I didn't. Uh, see this until today after I posted a video about this kid in Indiana who who stopped a mass shooter at the mall. Uh, not only did he shoot the mass shooter with a Glock from 40 to 50 yards, which is just a ridiculous wow. shot. It was reported that he fired 10 rounds. I didn't see this until after I posted this morning. It's now confirmed by a preliminary autopsy on the shooter. He hit eight of 10 at 40 no or 50 yards, I presume. No, as far as I'm aware, he did not hit anybody other than the shooter. That is excellent. It's it's just an incredible feat of marksmanship. However, this happened, and I'm not. I don't. Maybe the first shot hits, and the guy kind of collapses, and that's how you get him with the rest of the shots. Because if it, at that range, if he's moving at all, that's that's really really difficult. And wow. somehow he landed eighty percent. Cool. So this kid's not talking right now. Because the investigation is still ongoing, I can't imagine he'll be charged. But as a general rule, you shut up while there's a investigation ongoing. That's just the yeah. smart thing to yeah, do. Yeah. But if and when he talks, and if and when there is surveillance footage of all of this too, that's how investigators know so much about this. It's all on mall security camera, apparently. I got to see this footage. I got to know what this kid did, how he did this. How potentially he stabilized his shot. I don't know. I don't know what he did to do that, but I need to know. He said he learned to shoot from his grandpa. Oh, this is so wholesome. What a wholesome Whoever story. his grandpa is, can I stay at your house for a week and you tell yeah, really. me everything you know? Because I, I need to know. 
just just really incredible, a, a, an amazing story. Uh, but I wanted to mention that at the top. Uh, other than that, of course, we'll, uh, we're back with the call-in show as usual tonight. You guys know how it works, most of you at least. But if you are new to the show, there are instructions for how to participate in the uh, description of wherever you may be watching the video show. And of course, if you'd like to participate but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, you can send us an email question. Uh, place to do that is the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We'll get to those at the end of the stream, as we always do. We'll check in with your chats every half hour as well. Did you have anything else you want to mention before we get into the calls? No, man. I've I've had a day where I'm just like going and going and going. And now that I've sat down, I think we might be in trouble. Uh, do you ever you- feel like you're going to fall asleep when you're driving? Oh, yeah, all the time. But I, I don't I don't mess with that. If I start feeling drowsy... Yeah, it's nap. It's roadside nap time, mandatory. Really? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Th- it happened yesterday. I had the same kind of day, and then I got in the car to drive home like forty minutes, and I was like falling asleep at the wheel. I find driving at night very, very difficult. I try to avoid it, was it light at all outside. costs. Yeah, I, I, I tend not to get drowsy during the day, but if I'm driving at night with the bright oncoming lights and all that, I just I can't stand it. I try to avoid it. Something hypnotic. If I can, yeah. Anyway, so the callers, you got to keep me alive. All right. Pep blonde up. That is your task. It's an all but impossible task in my experience, but (laughs) maybe you guys can do it. Uh, Mustache agent, are you there? Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So, well, first, first one contained. So, yeah. Um, I have a question about one of my coworkers. Hmm. So the main point is that does he have a hope? Is there any hope for him to be red pilled? Because you were talking like we both hate the ATF, but he's a leftist and wants to join the John Brown, uh, John Brown Gun Club. Okay, is he really a leftist if he wants to do that? Well, the, the John Brown Gun Club is like an Antifa. Oh, uh, is that what he's type on? organization? Yeah, they're in Portland oh. and and uh, maybe Seattle yeah. quite frequently. Do they practice Left, leftist or socialist yeah. gun club? Yeah, they're uh, as far as I'm aware, they are basically actual communists, but they believe in, I guess, gun, uh, I guess uh, being armed. I don't know what their exact position on gun rights is, but they carry guns frequently. And of course, their club is organized around firearm ownership. So, uh, OK, so you're wondering, you're thinking maybe you could use the gun angle to open his eyes yeah. on some other topics or what? I don't know. Well, in my personal experience, the the gun thing has been a really good entry point to the right wing sphere. Hmm. Or at least, you know, at least like he supposedly has quote unquote libertarian views on some things. That's like, a good place to a, start. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, like because I, I was I basically I'm I'm like a fly on the wall in the office mm-hmm. when, you know, Roe versus Wade dropped, right? <sighs> And uh, and the uh, the, the uh, Washington State coach, football coach, who got his uh, got a win with the Supreme Court, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's just like the level of ritual, or like just <laughs> like like the the the, one of the female coworker calling calling Tom uh, uh, Thomas a, uh, a a rapist, <laughs> right? Clarence like, Thomas know, is a rapist because, because, because of what Anita because, Hill or something. Yeah, like, yeah. From it was never alleged day. that he raped her. 
or just yeah, or just some yeah. So it's just <laughs> right. weird. Like I, I yeah. don't know where they get their info information from. Yeah, and just like you know, I guess it takes some time to uh, to you know maybe wait for a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of build a little bit of rapport before I actually kind of say exactly what I think. Because I, right now I tell tell the the gun guy at least the the the, the, the coworker who likes guns like I'm kind of libertarian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not exactly like, like right with left leaning libertarian. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's just it's difficult. I don't know. I can't say that I've ever. I've certainly tried to challenge friends on the gun issue before, and people changed my mind on the gun issue. But yeah. I don't know if I've known anybody personally where guns has been the pivoting issue. I, I suppose it's possible. Bond, you say you know some people where maybe that's happened. Well, with libertarians especially, mm. libertarian just means that you like to smoke weed. Let's all be real. <laughs> for many, um, I would like to defend the title, but for many, that is true. I will. I will there have been a point. lot of leftists though that I've been friends with and I've been like, let's go shoot guns. And then they do and it's really fun. And then it kind of opens them up to that world hmm. because mm-hmm. shooting guns is is fun. It's super fun. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe talking to him about like why gun ownership is important might be a good yeah. way to, to deal with this. Yeah. yeah. Like, like we were talking about red lines about gun rights. Like he's like, Oh, I'm not against, you know, people should have to be able to own fully automatics with the right paperwork. But then I'm like, mm, like I'm kind of like an absolutist. Yeah, let's to, get rid of like, the paperwork. Yeah. Paperwork. yeah. You're right. yeah. Like there's no, like if you say, so if you, you know, if you hate bureaucratic, you know, overreach, socialism is absolute bureaucratic overreach. Like, well, I don't know why would you? Yeah, that's what's to, interesting. It's like know, gun yeah, ownership and, and gun ownership is about the principles of self-reliance fundamentally. Yeah. And so being what I presume would be of a self-reliant perspective, if, if this guy's a big fan of gun rights, how yeah. that squares with reliance on the state in almost every other yeah way i find like what is the maybe what is this john brown so what do they believe they think that gun ownership is like a constitutional right or they just do it anyway because they want to fortify their intellectual position i don't know their their policy platform if you will i've just seen them uh around in portland and stuff at a lot of these events they're walking around open carrying rifles quite frequently but that's about all i know he he believes that Portland was being assaulted by quote unquote white supremacist. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's like, like was he some... buys into some of that that rhetoric or like I don't know his propaganda that he believes in. It just. Do you yeah. remember if that one guy, what was his name, like Michael? Who was the the Portland shooter who shot the Patriot Front guy? I forgot exactly what his name was. I, uh, I know. Was it he affiliated with uh, John Brown Gun Club? I forgot about that in the street. I don't right? know if he is. Yeah, he got. He's just like. Uh, it was like Michael Rynell or something. Yeah. yeah Let me see if I can find his name. Yeah, Michael. Okay, yeah. Michael Rynell. I'm not he, sure if he's affiliated to, specifically with John Brown Gun Club. Let me see. Yeah, Sorry, as I Google here, I know this is thrilling listening, but I'm just curious. Let's see what we got. Uh. uh Okay, it's not okay. She, yeah, I found an article about the story that references John Brown, John Brown Gun Club, but I don't know if he was actually a member or uh, formally yeah. affiliated with the group at all. He seems like kind of a lone wolf a little bit, like in terms of 
just weird kind of almost like a mass shooter profile almost right yeah but this time it's like targeted against one guy it's just a very bizarre case yeah, you know, so anyways, yeah. the one thing I know you didn't call about Michael Rennell, but that just reminded me of his Googling him. I remember his bizarre interview with Vice News where he talks about how they were they he, he said they were somehow attacked by this guy that he shot. And the they that he was referring to was him and his so-called friend of color that oh, yeah. uh, Aaron, was it Aaron Donaldson or no? Aaron Donaldson's a football player. Who am I thinking of? What's the guy? What was the guy's name that he shot? It's like uh, yeah, exactly. Aaron Donald like, is a football player, rather not Donaldson. It was Aaron something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. he was saying uh, that guy and his friend of color, uh, or that guy was attacking his friend of color. But this friend of color, as far as I recall, was never revealed. Who is the friend of color that was on the receiving end of racist abuse that night? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, hmm. in the video, I, I just hear like the guy saying nice. This bad guy, right? Like kind of pointing out like the the, the, the target, mm-hmm. and then he walked up and and shot him. So, yeah. Aaron Danielson is the guy's Aaron name. Aaron Danielson. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just weird, and we'll see uh, right. if I can well, eventually talk to them more about it. Yeah. If you on. if you just kind of poke around in uh, that's a weird way to phrase it, I guess, but. Uh, if you ask questions in good faith, not like, oh, I'm, and if he doesn't know your yeah. politics or you haven't revealed yourself as a, as the true uh, Asian Hitler that you are, <laughs> then um, then maybe he'll take your questions in good faith. You know, uh, yeah, ma- maybe yeah. you could actually move him a little bit. Could. Yeah. So finally, yeah, is the Indianapolis uh, Mall, the Green, the Greenwood Mall? Or something yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Ban the guy who shot the mass shooter. They should go out of business. Fuck them. They issued a statement saying that they were grateful for the Good Samaritan. So I don't think they're going to... At least I haven't seen any indication that they're going to ban him. Have you seen that? I don't know. I've heard some rumors that they might ban him from... from (laughs) That would be hilarious. Uh, Yeah. yeah. He did far more than whatever security force they have inside uh, did. That's for sure. And I I just... We were talking about it before you joined, but the speed... Mm -hmm. The accuracy, the bravery, I i am floored by this guy. This is... Was I it saw, like on par with Rittenhouse, better than Rittenhouse? Well, it was originally reported he responded within two minutes. Yesterday, they backtracked to that timeline. Actually, it was 15 seconds. 15 seconds from the mass shooter's first shot to down by this guy from 40 to 50 yards. And man, I mean, th- I, I, I can't overstate, obviously, the skill of the shot. But if you've got, uh, you know, a Glock handgun, whatever you've got, and you're you're 40 or 50 yards away and you're you're, you know, you're aiming, pulling the trigger is such a ballsy move, because if you miss that dude's looking around looking for you and he's pointing a rifle straight at your face and unloading. So you better have good cover. And uh, I just I can't believe I'm floored by every aspect of this story story. Good for him. Excuse me. And I hope this kid. um I would understand if he doesn't, but I hope he goes public with his version of what happened because I'd really love to hear about it, though I'm sure he yeah. takes no joy or pride in what happened. I mean, it's it's incredible. This is... I would. What he just did is like... I don't know. Am I overstating it to say it's like, it's like Medal of Honor heroism? You know what I mean? It's, it's high level. I know it's not yeah. Warzone stuff, but it's still incredible what he just pulled off. Maybe it's not Medal of Honor. I don't know. I don't want to dishonor our military heroes of the past, but I just, I just, just such an incredible feat. This kid deserves a parade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 
he supposedly braced up against a, uh, a pillar of some sort. Is that so what that he did? Okay. Yeah, he, he braced. But it helps because, yeah, that's a good decision because he's yeah. stabilizing for a, a good shot. So, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be hit by the first shot. And, and I, I feel like that's up. that had to be what happened. Is me, Yeah, he probably stabilized the way you're describing. He hit the yeah. first shot, which which brought the guy down. And maybe the dude was down on his knee or something, and he just had an opportunity to to fire more already stabilized because the guy's not moving. Yeah. Uh, but but the, yeah. the only thing that conflicts with that is well, I heard reported that after the guy was hit, the shooter was hit. He tried to move back into the bathroom because, remember, he had just come out of the bathroom and unloaded on a guy who was right there entering the bathroom. That was his first kill. He was shot outside the bathroom, and then they're saying he moved into the bathroom and collapsed and died there. And I've seen a foot. I've seen a picture of his body actually that's floating around today. Uh, mm-hmm. It does look like yeah. it's inside of a bathroom. Yeah. So I think, I think he probably tries to stabilize in probably pretty quick 10 shots. If he had like, you know, can hit him before he tried to move back into the bathroom. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, I, I look forward to seeing the, the exact timeline of how this all played out. Anyway, uh, good luck with your, uh, your work red pilling. Yeah. Keep us posted. Maybe you can develop some strategies we could implement. Hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. All right. See you, man. Have a good night. night. Okay. I need to shut the hell up (laughs) because I can't stop talking about this kid. It's, but I'm going to steal everyone's time. If I don't stop talking about it. Uh, I was just having a great conversation with dangerous. Oh, well I can put you back if you want. No, no. All right. I'm here. How's it going guys? Good, happy good. Wednesday to you. You as well. You? What's in your mind? I'm doing good. Um, well, there's a few things on my mind. I could talk about the Uvalde. I could talk about... Wait, are you our based young guy who calls and his mom's a fan also? Yeah, she's she's actually ah. watching the show in the other room. Ah. <laughs> hi, Mama. Well, um, yeah, hi, Mom. Well, I'm glad she's happy about the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, she did mention that Blonde was feeling a little sleepy tonight, so... I, I'll direct a question that I've, I've probably been meaning to ask for a while, but I, I know you're a Catholic and I'm a, I'm a reformed Baptist. So I was just wondering if you could give me your honest, not, not really your opinion, but your, your look or your take on the Pope. Oh, the Pope is a socialist piece of shit. Okay. I'm having some problems with the Catholic church right now. Like I'm, I'm at a, an impasse in my faith because I had this awesome priest who was a former Marine and he had brought the community together. He was this hub of the community. And apparently he was trying to stop left-wing curriculum from getting into the school that they're building in North Idaho. So the, he was amazing. Everybody loved him. His name was father John. Um, the church grew exponentially. He was just like the man of the community. So the church catches wind that he's like, not, you know, doing their bidding they ship him out to rural Idaho and replace him with with two Nigerian priests. And I haven't been oh, to church wow. since then, but I've heard that you cannot understand a fucking word they're saying. Really? So like they yes, moved him so, from Coeur d'Alene to some like some rural place. Yeah, hmm. it was pun- it was a punitive measure, I'm hmm. sure. Um, So like I do believe that Catholicism is the one true faith. However, it has been so deeply infiltrated by this leftist majority and it goes all the way to the top look at this fucking pope yeah. um that i'm like is this really what god wants me to do 
God wants me to go to church every week just for the tradition and listen to a totally inscrutable homily from a black dude from a different continent? Like, is this really what God wants me to do? Like, really? <laughs> and so I just don't know. I mean, I just feel like it's it's kind of polluted all the way up, like all okay. the way to the top is so what I would, think of the Pope. <laughs> okay, so you would you say then that you don't think that the current Pope right now would be like a legitimate one or he's just a corrupted Pope? He's a corrupted Pope. We've had them before. In terms of legitimacy, okay. I think he's square. I think it's square. But okay. like the factions of Catholicism that I'm seeing are the most true to, to Catholicism, like Society of St. Pius X, they're, they're not true Catholics to the Vatican. They're not even recognized to the Vatican, by the Vatican. So what mm. I'm seeing is like the people that are really the keepers of the flame um, have been ousted by the Catholic Church, which has taken this very unfortunate turn towards globalism. So mm. um, so it's it's a not a super great time to be Catholic. It's not. What and are you? You're a Reformed Baptist? I'm a Reformed Baptist, which I just say that just for myself. I just, it's a Baptist, but Reformed in the way that like I've looked into my faith. I've looked into um, apologetics, the history of the Bible, um, and I've just found that, you know, I mean, I love Catholics. You guys are my brothers and sisters in Christ, but I I just believe that the Bible is, itself is God's word, and that's all I care about, really. Mm. So, but... Like I said, I, I love Catholics. You guys have great energy for Christ. And I've been to like mass like once or twice just to see how it is. I live right down the street from a, a Catholic church. And so, you know, um, but it's just there's things like the Pope, the popacy that I have questions about. And I, I would like to ask other Catholics how they, they feel about it or what they're. Yeah, I mean, there's an element of idolatry in Catholicism that I find suspect. With him, like, coming out to the crowds and raising his hands. And... That, but also um, sainthood, and uh, I'm not super into, like, praying to the Virgin Mary. I'm, I, this is yeah, not, that, um, this mm -hmm. is not going well. Wait, I'm, what's the true part about the one true faith? <laughs> I I believe that that it's as about as close as you can get. Although, yeah. I'm looking at orthodoxy like that meme, you know, of the yeah. dude um I, i'm not taking shots by the way i just I, I i'm genuinely curious that you seem um committed to it while also i suppose am that's I, just part I haven't of, been to church in like three weeks well you you seem philosophically committed to it when you say i think it, it is the one true faith but yeah. um but i hear a lot of points of objection that's not to say they're not outweighed by points of appreciation or points of belief but because every institution is going to be thoroughly corrupted by man. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know what to do. I mean, I, I know that I'm not interested in Protestantism, Protestantism, but um, I am interested in orthodoxy. Okay. What I know is that I can't go to this. I can't go to this church anymore. <laughs> not with the Nigerian priest. I can't. I just I object well, to what they've done to the church community. But I heard that he actually has a fortune that has been left in your family's name and all he needs <laughs> is your credit card number. If you just go to church, he'll probably, will, it probably really could it work him. out. For the Nigerian kings. Or it might be uh, Jesse's crew. You never know. They, yeah, really? That'd be cool. Uh, well, what an well, interesting question. Thank you for asking. Yeah, that. well, for thank you. And thank you for answering honestly. And I, I have to say before I leave, 
with all of that you said, you still hold true, and I haven't had your, heard your argument on this before, and maybe we'll do this another question, but you still hold firm about your your opinion about, uh, what's it called, circumcision? Mm -hmm. I've heard you've had very hard opinions about that, and I've, I've never heard them before, but, um, <laughs> and I know that has to do with the Catholic faith, kind of, so eh, you still hold really. firm in some of those beliefs, and I, I, I love you for that. I love you guys Thank you so much for your faith this show thank you for giving you your time we appreciate and, you were uh, such a polite young man your, your mom is listening she's done a very good job i agree oh, thank you yeah thank you i i have to credit to my mom I, my dad's we just celebrated my dad's birthday yesterday but he's been dead for the past 16 oh, years i lost him when sorry. i was eight oh. so my mom kind of had to step in and yeah and she's been my my best friend ever since you know so well i'm sure you've made him proud and uh absolutely all, all so. the best to your family man always love to hear from you Thank you, Thanks guys. so you much. You guys have a wonderful rest of your night. You too. You as well. Bye-bye. Okay. so nice. <laughs> it was so very nice. nice. I didn't think it was possible for someone just to casually reference circumcision and then make an easy exit, but yeah. he pulled it off. So uh, It's because he didn't oppose me. <laughs> All right. Um, Major Bluetooth is up next. Major Bluetooth, are you there? Yes, I am here. Hi. What's on your mind? You uh, So I had a question for you. Sure. Are you aware of any political figure? Any I'm actually sorry, having trouble. You, it seems like your mic is way up us. high. If you can turn it down just a little bit, it's hard to understand. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. Uh, is this better? Uh, yeah, that sounds a little better. Hmm. Go for okay. it. Okay. Are you aware of any political figure, left or right, that is explicitly anti hunting? Explicitly anti hunting? Well, uh, yeah. So you're asking for someone in political power, not necessarily just like a. I, I suppose if you have an example of either. That, well, I, I, I can't think of any. I, I certainly know of people who uh, are, I don't know, vegetarian, vegan, would oppose hunting on sort of animal rights grounds. But in terms of uh, like a policymaker in power, it's hard for me to think of one. Yeah, I, I had the same thought. And I was wondering why that is. Well, that because they're they're they are loyal to the founding purpose of the Second Amendment. That's why they wouldn't want to <laughs> desecrate the Second Amendment in that way. I don't yeah, know. I guess, um, I guess that's true. I guess yeah. Your question is interesting, which is if they don't grant self-defense as an inherently legitimate purpose why why does hunting seem to get granted the inherent legitimacy whenever we talk about gun rights because that's usually where the propaganda talking points go you don't need this to hunt well yeah. number one it's not about hunting but number two why does hunting get presumed legitimacy i, I suppose i mean from my perspective it has presumed legitimacy because again that's a that's a principle of self-reliance type thing but from their perspective why does it have presumed legitimacy? I don't, I don't have an answer to that. I guess I've never thought about that. Yeah. It's just one of those little things that came to mind, you know, from the, uh, the famous Joe Biden quote about, you don't need or the deer aren't wearing Kevlar vests. Yeah. It just made me think. I haven't heard yeah. a lot about hunting politically, except for, um, after Donald Trump, all those pictures or no, Donald Trump's kid was yeah. released with all the pictures uh, of yeah. the big game hunting. Big game. Yeah. Everyone's got opinions about big game hunting. I don't 
I don't really know why. Uh, it's because the animals are more majestic or something. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I would need someone to explain. The, th- the thing about um about that, too, it's like, okay, for example, around here, I think grizzly bears are incredible animals. I don't think that I personally could shoot one absent a survival situation if it was attacking me or attacking my family or something. Mm-hmm. I also recognize that their habitat around here, that each bear has a very large range. And they don't tolerate other bears, generally speaking, in in their range. So you have X amount of bears that can fit in the greater Yellowstone. And as those bear, as that bear population grows, they expand into human territory and they get into trouble with with humans. So you got to kill them. Grizzly hunting has. uh, Well, there's been this whole court battle about delisting the grizzly bear and allowing Montana, Idaho and Wyoming to manage their bear populations through hunting, which I would support. Um, And. It's it's strange because, you, oh, they're such majestic animals. They're great. They are. They're awesome. I also recognize, though, that overpopulation of the grizzly bear is a threat to the grizzly bear. Right. And it's a threat to a bunch of other things. It, it doesn't I don't take joy in, I suppose, them them being killed. But if you don't manage the population, they also die. It's kind of like uh, that dentist in, in Africa got in trouble for the lion trophy hunting so many years ago. Do you remember what? that episode? There was no. a dentist from Minnesota who was a, a lion trophy hunter and was shamed online because of he killed some famous lion, some famous majestic lion in Africa at one of these uh, places where you can go on these hunting expeditions. And because of the bad press around that, the hunting, the lion hunting in this particular region in Africa took a nosedive, which meant that the lion population grew beyond the habitat's ability to for them to survive there which meant they're ripping apart starving african children they had to call the lions they had to just slaughter the lions there are too many lions yeah and and that's uh that's what happens when when we don't manage uh wildlife and our natural resources properly we think we're saving them but actually we're cecil the lion yeah it's yeah exactly did you was it was that in the chat or what yeah Hmm. somebody asked was it simba cecil the lion yeah, this was a whole thing like maybe five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, it does but, sound uh, vaguely familiar. Before the days of Harambe. Oh, it was pre-Harambe for sure. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, it, that does sound right. Is it just purely uh, intellectual curiosity you have in this, or do you have uh, some kind of hunting connection, or or what? What's the, what's what's the deal with yeah, hunting get, for you? It was just an example I thought of of. Uh, because it's it's something that just kind of went under the radar in my mind. I I just kind of took it for granted, hmm. and I thought it was an interesting case of a an assumption I make that, you know, of of course that would be their response. But it's like, well, their their response could be, you know, no one should have a firearm for any reason, not even hunting. It's such a weird reason to pick, but that's the only legitimate. Yeah, the only <laughs> or the thing most I legitimate, that, I suppose. Uh, they're trying to have some kind of like to sound reasonable. Like to to get some of the people that like hunting. Uncle Dick in the deer stand. Never forget Amy Klobuchar's main man <laughs> on gun Uncle policy. Dick, yeah. Uncle Dick says he doesn't ever use these ARs, so it's cool if we <laughs> yeah. ban them. All Just right. weird alliance, but I, I guess that's my time. Yeah. So I will let you get to the next caller. Well, thanks for the thoughts, man. Thanks. I haven't I haven't thought about that before. Now I'll have to. Yeah. Peace. All right. Have a good night. I can't figure out why this lion was famous. He was just uh, I don't know. He was the Mufasa. Of that region of Africa. I forget exactly what country it happened in. I don't even remember, but we are. You can appreciate wildlife without, um, without being anti hunting. 
Um, yeah, yeah, of course. I, I would put myself in that box. I, I, I don't want to. One of the things I love about living here is the is pristine nature. Yeah. And that includes the wildlife. But I also recognize that that overpopulation is a threat to a lot of the species around here that I appreciate very much. And I'm not for poaching. I mean, I'm all in favor of Montana's right to regulate the hunting of its wildlife. Uh, I don't want to see any of these species hunted to extinction or anything like that. But that's but, not what's happening. I mean, there there are unintended consequences from limiting um, limiting hunting as well. Do you think that this is before we move on? I'm going to talk about this some more. We should have just left the last caller on. Hmm. Um, do you think that this is a, a consequence of a secularist society? Like secular people don't see man in the image of God and see us as like purveyors of the world or dominant over other species, and so they're obsessed with animals. That rights. was part of the. Remember how I hated the new Jurassic Park movie? Yeah. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's character comes back and gives a whole lecture at this uh, in this lecture hall about how we don't actually have dominion and we're you know, like we are the property of the earth or the property of the animals kind of That's thing. That's an insane perspective because it, yeah. the way Christians view the world is like God created us and then created all the, these things in the world for our use sure. and we should protect them and appreciate them, but we should also use them. Yeah, and I would say that that is my general perspective, that that our survival is paramount. That means use of the resources that we have. But our survival also depends on good management of those resources. And right. I think secondarily, I think our primary responsibility is to the survival of ourselves. But secondarily, um, I think that we do have uh, a, a moral obligation to be as humane as possible to the other creatures of the world. I, I don't think that you should just be... I suppose, I don't know. Um, well, is trophy hunting killing for sport? I suppose that by definition is, I don't know. I'm kind of fine. I'm kind of fine with that as well. The question is, is it just killing for the sake of killing or is it, is it in pursuit of the sort of management that I was talking about earlier? Right. If that, if you have, it clearly was in the case of lions, that, that dentist did not poach. As far as I understand, I thought it was a, as far as I understand, it was a legal kill. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm so far removed from that story. Legal kill. They he just didn't get didn't, charged with a crime. They just didn't like it because he was a famous lion or something. Who cares? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I was just thinking about this because I hung out with Nikki Philippi this week and she still is getting shit about putting her dog down that attacked her baby. Hmm. Um, and she said that people are still like emailing her constantly about it. God, man. Uh, well, the 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 hostilities wanted her to what rehome the dog or something like that. Yes, and she tried to do that. She talked to the Humane Society, and the Humane Society was like, "Listen, you have an 11 year old bull terrier, and he has already shown aggression towards a child. Bit your one year old kid in the face." Um, it's not like you, you could just hide that. You no, know, you cannot rehome him. Like he has to be euthanized. Hmm. Has to be euthanized. I don't know. I suppose uh, I haven't put a lot of thought. I, I guess I, I could see the other side of that argument. I don't know all the details. So that's pretty uh, much it. Yeah. But where is that dog going to be safe? Well, I, you got to find a person who is willing to accept all of those conditions. And that might so be the dog hard to gets find. out and then attacks some other kid. And then that's still on the person that decided not to put them down. Well, had this dog shown a history? It was one incident or was it? A no, history? no, it was like first it was growling at the kid and hmm. then and then eventually he, you know, bit the kid in the face. And that was hmm. that was kind of the last draw. It was a long history. Well, 
I will. Uh, I'd have to hear. I'd have to hear the uh, the you mob's and your fairness. I'd have to hear the mob's side of the argument. I don't want to dismiss them too easily. I, I understand that if if uh, if a dog bit my infant in the face, I would uh, figure out a way to remove that dog from the infant's presence. But, but I mean, all these people on the left and like the beauty guru committee or community or whatever came after mm-hmm. her really hard, and it's all like faggots with no kids and like fat childless women and stuff and like they're like this the is, usuals you know yeah, yeah this is like this is murder i'm like you know legally murder only applies to humans right like we call it animal murder. cruelty right you call it animal cruelty you can't yeah. this doesn't apply to other to other species the whole thing is just bizarre this this whole dog worship thing it's weird hmm. and lions. well i'll have to put some more thought to it uh, over on Tippy Stream, Incompetent Hands says, uh, I work part-time at a restaurant. The owner recently sold his beach property and now lives in an RV while building a farmhouse with a chicken coop. Let me repeat, uh, a dude easily worth $5 million is doing this. They're going to make us eat bugs. Yeah, uh, quite possibly. That, I don't, maybe I'd be, I'd be interested to hear his, um, his reasons why. Is it purely like uh, preparing for the dystopia to come or is there just something about self-reliance like that that is appealing to a lot of people that is to say all the all the world's riches and all the maybe all the most luxurious properties in the world can't replace what is the satisfaction of yeah building doing living all on your own that kind of stuff i could see it it's satisfying yeah kevin flanagan's ghost says can we go back to the days when on day one, the prosecutor would look at the Jose Alba case and say, oh, well, <laughs> another, d- <laughs> another, another dead uh, attacker. And what's for dinner? Maybe we can give the uh, Aussie kid, the Aussie knife kid of color, his own bodega. Wait, who's the Aussie knife kid? Aussie knife kid of color. Yeah. I don't know who that's referencing. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That one flew over my head, but um but see, even in the old days, you probably wouldn't have the tape that you had in this case. And and by the way, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it on Sunday. Jose Alba, not going to be prosecuted. Charges dropped, Good. which is great. But I, I saw the news and I felt for a second like, oh, great. That's awesome. And, th- and then I thought, no, no, I can't think about this as a win. Uh, he, the time he spent in jail, the outrageous bail, the threat of prosecution, all of yeah, this was... all of that is really bad. And would it, anything have changed if there wasn't public outrage about this? Exactly. And, and, and that's also troubling. It's like public outrage can make a, make you change yes. your opinion on, on the status of somebody's crime. Right. Even though I Ooh, like the I outcome, like either. you're right that no fact or matter of law changed at all. In yeah. fact, the only additional fact we've seen is another angle of video that supports Alba even more. Yes, I know. People but, shouldn't be so persuadable. That makes me feel like the, the legal system is even more um, tenuous than it actually is. Yeah. So the fact that it was just political heat that that made the prosecutor change his mind, I agree, is uh, that's an ominous development. But we're good over on Tippy Stream. Oh, okay. Um James Moore, I heard he was using a Springfield Hellcat, not a Glock. Oh, I saw a Glock reported, but maybe maybe that oh. was incorrect. It was the stabbing video last week. That's what he was referring to. Which one? The, the guy whose neck gets sliced open. He doesn't even realize that he's dead. Oh, yeah, that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. We, we didn't crazy, show it on the stream, obviously, but uh, we didn't show Jose Alba either. That was like um, 
2002 rotten.com worthy. That was really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I saw a Glock reported, but it very well could be a Hellcat. I don't know. Hillbilly Deluxe. You sent a bunch, so I'm just going to read them right through. Uh, turns out the friend of color was just a set of googly eyes glued onto a wall that was painted black. <laughs> ah. He also said regarding hunting bears, uh, bears drive away elk, which is a great hunting target. Plus the bear meat is very tasty if cooked properly. Hmm. And who doesn't want a bear skin throw? To snuggle under a cold winter night. All those things are true. Also, he said, for more info on hunting, watch Born and Raised Outdoors. We love These you. Are based You're very special. Elk and bear hunting videos are great inspiration and information. I'd bow hunt. I'd like to bow hunt an elk. That sounds hardcore. I like it. Hmm. I like it. Jeff Sloat. You've spoken about self-reliance and guns. Do you apply that to hunting? Considering your location, I would assume that's a given. We did discuss that, but yes, I would. Well, it seems to me that's the, the, the principles behind the two are, are very similar. What What is the fundamental reason you should be or you have a right to arm yourself? It's because you have a right to self-preservation. If we extend that thinking to hunting, it would be the same. Why, why would or should you have a right to hunt? Self-preservation, going out there and getting your own food. Now, I know that that right is um, regulated, curtailed, however you want to describe it by your state, but. But fundamentally, that's why we think it has legitimacy. Uh, It's it's about providing for yourself. It's about your own survival kind of thing. Um, David Rogers, blonde, if you want an ironic, am I saying this correctly? Analysis of Catholicism from a Protestant perspective. See Gavin Ortland on YouTube channel Truth Unites. Truth Unites. Okay, Hmm. I need to commit that to memory. Um, Evan Schultz, one loses credibility when they make claims like one true faith while also acknowledging the obvious sins against God inherent in the practice of said faith. But is it inherent in the practice of said faith? It's, it's really not. My issues with Catholicism aren't issues in the practice of Catholicism in its true form. I'm talking about it being, um, bastardized by, uh, by, by infiltrators. Yeah. And well, and that is not truly a problem of Catholicism. And it's in your defense, uh, everybody I know who is a person of faith and you know, as we do the Bible study, I'm, I'm speaking more and more with them about the topic of faith. And there, there's nobody I know who is 100 percent satisfied on every possible question or every possible, I suppose, ritual or practice and that's the, faith, yeah. th- that's the the leap of faith that I just haven't been able to get myself to commit to. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know anybody who thinks that that all the questions are answered or everything is handled perfectly by any particular. Well, it's like finding a spouse in that way. Yeah. Like you can find someone that's like a pretty good fit, but some stuff they do, you're going to be like, why? Yeah. Why are you this way? <laughs> Yeah. But and faith is like that too. I mean, you have to accept that because men uh, run the show, that it's it's going it's going to be that's um, going to have the problems of yeah. the sin of man. We're good for now. All right, we will come back to your chats uh, at the top um, of the hour. Thank I'll have to just circle back with you. I'll try to keep uh, keep it moving a little more efficiently. Appreciate your patience uh, from the callers. Juggernaut, are you there? Yes. What's on your mind? <laughs> Why are there no supervillains? Like the closest you get is like Bill Gates, but all he really wants to do is just kind of like underhand kill people. What are you talking about? Klaus Schwab is like, I I couldn't write a better supervillain. He is a movie character. Yeah. Hmm. 
no, I'm, I'm talking real life. Like, where's the guy who's like, I'm going to go detonate. Where's the guy who wants to go detonate Yellowstone and just end the planet? Klaus Schwab has talked about reducing the world population and the Great Reset. And he straight up said, like, this pandemic is the the least deadly pandemic in the history of mankind, but we should use it as an opportunity to reduce people's carbon <laughs> footprint. That guy's a fucking psycho. Crazy. And he even That's has that lame. menacing voice. Okay. That's Where's lame. the guy who wants to drop a super critical rod of uranium in like a water supply or something? Oh, you're, you're discounting Putin. He is a yeah. super villain, of course. Old Pootler. Yeah. Nah. Well, I don't know. Okay, so can you give an example of a historical supervillain that you think we are lacking currently? No, that's the weird thing. Oh, well, maybe your maybe your bar is just too high. Maybe my bar is too high. There's never are you are you are you telling me that you can't give a single example of any historical figure who has achieved the title or the status of supervillain? No, no. Okay, well then, how? how, But if the question was, well, I don't know. Are you asking why aren't there any, or where have they gone? Why aren't there any? I feel like there should be more. Oh, why? I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Are you just bored? (laughs) I might be a little bit. How are you? How? Well, everyone's entitled to their perspective. I'm not trying to dismiss i guess i'm just fascinated with the idea of looking at the state of the world and thinking these people aren't evil enough they need to touch more kids and take more of our money no i know there's like a pedophilic cabal at elitist cabal and you're like we're all the evil they're just the villain part they lack the super Um, it's one of the greatest memes uh one of my one of my favorite memes of the last year i'm sure i'll butcher it but um you know the yes guy memes the bearded face who yeah all right, so he's he's looking at a chimp in a in a cage. Wow, what a dumb animal, he says. And then the chimp asks him, "Don't you pay money to pedophiles so they won't put you in jail?" And then he, you know, he turns into the doomer face. But that's that's how is there a lack of evil when fundamentally I I'm not no, saying. No, I think he's not talking about a lack of evil. I think he's talking about right. a lack of charm. You know, a super villain is yeah. always like two oh, okay. percent likable. Okay, Where's so it's the not the deeds. It's not the deeds. It's the presentation. Yeah. Got it. Okay. okay. My like apologies. Bill Gates, for I just look at his sad man tits and I'm like, you're not the supervillain. I can see where you're coming from. Okay. I get it. I get it now. I, again, it's Putler. It's shirtless on the on the horse. That's but presentation. But he hasn't nuked Ukraine yet. But he's oh, not, he's not, he's not truly enough. villainous. Hmm. He's super, but he's not villainous. Damn it. I guess. Depends who you ask. All right. Did you have any other thoughts on <laughs> No, not really. Are you enjoying your Bible uh, studies? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they're going pretty well. And again, uh, if people are able to participate, you're welcome to join live uh, Saturday nights at 8. The information's uh, on the Bible study page of my website. You can find it on the homepage. Uh, you can also listen back. We've made them available as a podcast feed. That's also on the website if you want to find that. But um, but yeah, it's it's been uh, everybody who's participating from what I gather is mostly a a person who is familiar with biblical text. And I think at least of the people who decide to speak and engage in the discussion, I'm probably the person with the least experience with biblical scripture. So it's been, um, it's been fun. There's a lot of um, good spirited, I suppose I wouldn't call it competing, but just interpretive discussion of the text and trying to figure out, 
you know, what the story of Jesus means and how it's properly understood according to John's gospel so far. So um, has it answered kind of my broadest level origin of morality type questions? Not yet, but I, I continue with an open mind. And even if I don't find the answer to that, obviously this is something of such cultural significance that I think it benefits me to understand these stories and these texts just to understand how they are the influence they've had on our society and the influence they have on people currently. So, uh, certainly worthwhile in my opinion. Good. I'm glad you're enjoying them. All right. I've been having fun. Have you been joining them or, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Have you been quiet so far or have you spoken? No, I haven't spoken. I'll probably speak when we get into further into the text. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks for, thanks for joining and thanks for calling. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Have a good day and a good night. You as well. Firak is up next. Firak, are you there? G'day. How are you? Another Aussie. Wow. Indeedy. How are we? (laughs) What's on your mind? Well, several things, in fact. Um, just want to say I've been listening to you guys since, actually, on your community page. Um, that picture from the third birthday, I'm oh, yeah. a part of that. So pretty much on and off since 2016. I are believe. you comfortable sharing yeah. which guy you are? I want to look. Yeah, um, Blondie. Blondie. Wait, is it beard. still in our show notes? Uh, no, it's on it the community be. page of my website. Oh. Yeah. Blondie. We have a community. Blondie. Page. I don't see a blonde man in here. Uh, is it? Well, let me just pull it up on my end. It's mattchristensenmedia.com slash community. Is this yeah. the, the, the this, meetup that's this is the a three year. Yeah, this is a three-year picture from way back when. Are you the dude there way far yeah. on the right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Hi. So I've known these people for uh, quite a while, and they mm. are wonderful, wonderful people. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, I've gotten to speak with a, a few over time, and uh, yeah, everybody seems really cool. It's, someday I would like to get down to Australia, but who knows how that's going to work out with just travel restrictions. But also it's like you got to set aside so much time to do it. You know, I can't do like yeah. a weekend in Australia. It's got to be like yeah. a, a two it's week gotta, thing. It takes so long to get there. And then you got to yeah. adjust to the time and everything. Did want to spend at least a fortnight. Yeah. That's a good term. So, I never oh, use the wow. term fortnight, but that is exactly how much time I'll aim for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, plus you could see both the Melbourne crew and the Sydney crew and then a few that are in Brizzy as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Our, our call screener, Dangerous Spaces, is in, is in Brisbane. So it'd be fun to visit there. And, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, where's the thoughts? So actually on that, that's a nice little segue. So this community has actually been keeping me sane through all the lockdowns. Oh, well, I'm glad really? to hear. So my family were a part of the COVID cult as such. Mm. And I am not jabbed or anything like that. Background in health, I was actually working in one of the major hospitals during the seven lockdowns Mm -hmm. and like the people in that picture are spectacular. Like your community that you have fostered and the way that we actually have gathered around, looked after each other, got to the point whereby um, like parents both got the jab 
dad, like, he had a quadruple bypass. Now they got Johnson and Johnson, put two and two together. Mm. That's the way I'm seeing it. Oh, this was after the vaccine. He had the quadruple yeah. bypass. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I can allude to that as much as I want to, but. Did he have, he didn't have heart issues before or? No. 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 Old you... man could outrun me and outswim me. Really? And I pushed trolleys at local hardware store. Yeah. We're talking I, easy. Like I throw 10 kilos, 25 kilos worth of concrete. Like Sure. So, uh, not a neckbeard in any such manner. <laughs> Well, so, thank you for the kind words. That's really gratifying uh, to hear. And we appreciate that very much. As we, as we um, mentioned on this topic often, we never, that was never an intent when we sat down and decided to make this show. And, and we're really um, yeah. humbled by the fact that that has, has been a result, especially in such a time when people's families and friends have turned on them. And man, I, I, as I've mentioned it before, but I, I didn't have that experience. I didn't have my family turn on me. I can't and, even imagine. What and thanks no, to got, thanks to Blonde, I erased all my crappy friends and got better ones. So so I didn't have a lot of the social consequences that you guys did. And I, uh, I, I'm i just glad to hear that it was a resource despite that. Oh, yeah. Uh, going to some uh, one of the guys in your chair, his wedding was absolutely wonderful. Hmm. So. That's good to hear. Like that and my church were... I both ideologically inclined and so to actually get people to think outside of what was going on mm-hmm. and hey I had to send my old man asked me for reasonings for why and how I got to this decision to not get vaccinated yeah okay and so it was like a thousand word email with a dozen links dating back to 2007 or 2005 I, with did documentation you do, do you uh, and your dad it, yeah, communicate I, by email frequently is that a no common no thing? this was just one of those things of did, i cannot speak did, to him face to face like i i tried to talk to him face to face but there was no why like have it, I, it's one of those things whereby already i need to actually give every single resource and reference Okay, so maybe that's why, because I've heard several yeah. versions, I've heard people tell me almost the exact same thing that you just told me, which I find, to me, just seems odd. Like, if my dad had a very serious issue to discuss with me, he would Good handle person. it face-to-face, yeah. or if if we were apart, it would be like a phone conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It would not be this this email thing, and yet I've heard yeah. this many times. Maybe it's because they want to cite sources in the way that you're describing maybe that explains it but it just seems an email is like what you send to hr when you're mad it's not what you send to your son or to your dad to be fair my old man does do hr so go figure okay maybe (laughs) maybe that's why it's just i've heard i've heard so many repetitions of this and it seems so strange to me because that's not how i communicate with my family or people most closely to me other than if i had to send them i guess a some kind of link or something, but I guess maybe that's what they're thinking. Here's the resources you need to consider. Maybe that's why they do it. I mean, this is where I look at it on the other side of things. Cause because of this community structure and like, again, this community, we share links and ideas when we actually catch up for a coffee or a beer and we go, alrighty. Oh, you said this, let's actually walk through this thought when we're face to face. So, 
I call this cultural ontology. So ontology is a study of meaning. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Uh, I'm not familiar, but but sure. Okay. So study of meaning and cultural ontology is the meaning in community and that sort of mindset. So the difference between the ideologically inclined, be they the COVID cults, the abortion ideologues, it doesn't really matter. Like those who will see things only one way and are unwilling to sit down and go, hey, you've actually sent this and this or said this. Let's actually walk through that statement to see where and how you got there and what sort of middle ground we can actually build if there is one. Hmm. And that is what I see is severely lacking. Yeah, it's just a my way of the highway kind of mentality. Mm. Yeah. And like that ended up with me getting kicked out of home for what? two weeks. Oh my well, god. Are you saying you you lived with them or what was the arrangement? Uh, so uh, I actually moved state three months ago from okay. the Melbourne crew to the Sydney crew. Okay. So what happened was that one of the back rooms was being renovated and it was pretty much oh you can either live in this Airbnb for two weeks, but you have to live in it with a mask or you can go to your own thing. And I ended up staying at a property and just doing property maintenance for two weeks or a week and a half. And then I stayed with a few people who actually listened to the call-in show. <laughs> well, who that's... are not on this picture, but have since joined the group. Well, that's really cool. cool. Wow. I, uh... Oh, yeah. I'm really Maybe glad we to can hear get it. like a like a Beauty and the Beta couch surfing app going. <laughs> yeah, we'll make our uh, own. Um, we'll make our own Airbnb now that they ban people too easily. Yeah. It was just one of those things because the conversations that came out of those few days that I was staying with them is that like the meaning and understanding and why like you don't remove definitions of words you can actually sit down and walk through ideas. Even if you agree to disagree, it's the fact that you're together and at a point of understanding that matters. Uh, yeah. Although, well, I, I guess to your point though, that is, uh, that is being lost rather quickly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you will submit to every point that I tell you, or you will be banished. And uh, have, you, have you, before we have to let you go, have you been able to, iron things out with your family or is it still in some kind of rough shape? Slowly. So you cut out a little bit. Oh no, it's just a slow pain. Like I did forgive my parents. Uh It was like that took pretty much since I got kicked out of home to moving to Sydney, which was, what are we up now? Eight months. Wow. Okay. Eight months of just processing things. Yeah. Well, and it, it was a titanic effort. I'll tell you that forgiveness is not easy. Were they willing to meet you in, I suppose, acknowledging their role in the conflict or do they still think that they handled it correctly? Oh, yes and no. Like hmm. the, because of, what is believed to be the effect of the jab and oh yeah i was had this sort of injury unacknowledged therefore i was deemed vulnerable therefore all of my things make sense to kick you out of home and yada 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 Wait, so sure he was saying vulnerable because of the heart condition 
Yes, that's and at you, least. And you think the heart condition was caused by the the, the very very the, it certainly didn't happen, Susan. But yeah, the, the vaccine. Yeah, and he he rejects that premise. I take it he does not believe that to be true. His doctor said it wasn't. However, okay. slowly, I think that as things get more and more into the open, well, sunlight's the best medicine, as the saying goes. Hmm. Okay. But oh, yes, okay. very small baby steps forward. Well, that's good to hear. It's uh, another topic we talk about frequently is just the importance of um, of maintaining family, even when... Uh, even when they, I think, have treated you unfairly, which it sounds like in this case they have. But yeah, you got to yeah. get, I, I think you're right to to move in that direction. And hopefully, hopefully you'll be able to turn them around a little bit. But man. Yeah, just, moving out of home and hanging out with this community is the best thing I ever did. Hmm. Well, I'm really glad to hear it. Thank you for sharing that story. And uh, we we really appreciate hearing that the, that the community has been a resource for you. Yeah. So send our regards to them as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll be having a meetup soon. Cool. No doubt. All right. Well, Godspeed, man. Uh, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but uh, hopefully better things in the future. Uh, God makes it stronger. All right. Have a good one. Go, go through okay. the deserts first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, man, every time I hear one of those stories, it's just, it does make me very thankful for the uh, for the family and the friends that I have because me too. I'd be losing my mind if uh, if my parents treated me that way or if my spouse treated me that way. Can or, you imagine? I just can't. I, I know our kids are really young, and so it's hard to think about what it would take for us to oh God. send them off in that way. Um, just, oh, I can't even think about it. Well, of course, there. It's not as though there's nothing. You know, if your kid is a cold blooded murderer, it's like. Yeah, all right. Uh, I kind of have to let that one go, I suppose. Maybe not even then, though. You go visit him in in prison, I suppose. Yeah, really. That person had it coming. Yeah. I mean, there's an argument for that, too. There's a reason people say you help your family bury the bodies. You know, Uh, I get that. I guess what I'm saying is I think there are certain moral transgressions which are so important that they that they are capable of severing family ties. But I just can't believe that for some people it's the stupid vaccine. I, yeah. I, I can't imagine that issue severing. I know he didn't say that their relationship is severed. They're working on it. But just severely damaging my relationship with my son. Of all the what things in the world. Of all the things he could I do. No, It ended up being the thing that some that people want to take a stand on. It's just, it's just strange. But I suppose maybe it's. If fear is a hell of a motivator. And if you want to be cynical about this whole thing be, being much more orchestrated than what we're supposed to believe, which I am a believer in that, uh, I think fear is a uh, fear was weaponized intentionally because it is such a powerful motivator in that way. Fear can get you to betray almost everything that you hold dear uh, yeah. up to and including apparently your family itself. But I just find that strange. Like if death confronted me, Death knocks on my door tomorrow and is like, all right, it's you or your son. Like, all right, it's my job yeah, as a dad my, to go. I job, had a yeah. good run. I bid you adieu. I will see you yeah. in whatever's on the other side. Yep. Uh, that's my job as a dad. That's every dad's job. It's, you know, it's your job as a parent. So it's just weird to, it's weird to be like, oh, my son was a threat to my survival. So I had to banish him. What the, f- it's backward. Yeah. Uh, the, the left has reversed all of these natural instincts that we have. Hmm. 
I don't get it. But uh, hopefully we're past the worst of that. People wake up about this stuff. Uh, let's see. I think we're good. No, uh, we do have a couple. <laughs> Every time I refresh Tippy Stream and I see N-word, F-word, you know, it it's, uh, just catches me off guard a little bit. So I'll start with that one, even though it's not the first chronologically. N-word, F-word says many uh, countries like UK and Australia only allow guns for hunting. I suspect the argument is assuming this premise came from outside the U.S., uh, and has been adopted by the left almost like they have no fucking idea about the facts of anything they vilify. Is that why did we did we uh, adopt this standard from foreign countries? I just don't know the the philosophical justification. This hunting automatically presumed legit. That is weird. I think uh, the caller was right on that. I've never thought about that point. Uh, Jimney says Cecil the Lion caused some of the cringiest moments in internet history, featuring uh, Kimmel. Fagging the fuck out and crying on stage in response. Was that a Kimmel crying incident? God, I don't remember any of this. I don't cried a lot. The, the, Cecil the lion was definitely before my eyes were fully open to a lot of this bullshit. But it was kind of, if I recall, it was around the time where that happened for me. I, I think this was like 2015. When you're like, there. all these people are fags. Well, yeah. As, as someone who, I'm not anti-hunting. I've never been a hunter. But I'm not anti-hunting, and this was just so over the top in like excessive the, sadness about some African lion who gives a shit. Yeah, uh, Charles Yao says, you know, every time I send you guys a super chat, I feel like some creep at a strip joint. Anyway, here's some money. I suppose maybe we'll have to. Um, how would I do this? Can I put a pair of underwear on the screen that you you drop the dollar into? Maybe there's a, a business opportunity there. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. Hope you're doing well. Uh, all right. Uh, you got any on YouTube? Yeah. Um, just me, longtime supporter and disabled veteran serving as a civil servant in the servant in the Department of Defense. Finally decided to walk away from this insanity in wow. the military. I pray for you and Blonde's families. Wish you all the best. We wish you the best as well. Bold move, man. I, I hope you. I hope everything uh, works out for you. And of course, thank you for your service to this country and for your sacrifice. And um. And yeah, if, you, if you're interested in sharing, uh, send me an email. I, not that I intend to prod, but anytime people decide to leave their place of employment for what sounds like uh, principled reasons, not just for, say, some opportunity that takes you away or something, uh, I always like to hear about that. So if, you, if you'd if you care to share, uh, send me an email about it. And good luck. Good luck. He also said, uh, Matt, I was stationed at Malmstrom AFB in Great hmm. Falls. I so miss Montana and the culture and freedom. Hmm. I, I know so little about Great Falls. I did go to a wedding there last summer, um, but it's not a part of the state that I get to frequently. It's on the other side, right? Well, it's kind of north center west Montana. It's uh, it's it's uh, the Great Falls refer to the Great Falls of the Missouri River, which are all dammed up now. But it's um, hmm. it's actually fairly up? large. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of the falls are hydroelectric dams now. But um, so I don't I, I just don't know that much about the city. It's it's actually one of the biggest cities in the state. I, I, and the Air Force base that's there is a is a significant reason why. Um, but I just don't know that much about it. I did think the drive in on the interstate was pretty cool because I forget what river it is there, but it was a really interesting windy canyon on the interstate. And I remember my wife and I last summer were thinking, 
whenever we drive other places, we scout out like potential retreat opportunities. And we're thinking, okay, like there's some spots around here that maybe. are cool. Maybe, maybe we could figure this out because I think Great Falls is more insulated from the leftist influx than some of the other parts of the state. So, hmm. um, last one for right now, Jay Dubsky, Seattle idea. here. JB, uh, John Brown gun club is a Tacoma based Antifa gun club. They're communist militants. They were the backbone of Chaz. One died while trying to firebomb an ice facility sometime before <laughs> that's 2020. That's right. I, I forgot. That. Yeah, that's that's that was right. A funny story. Yeah. Um, okay. We should circle back on super chats. Also, we have tons of questions. So we got to do a seven thirty heart out. Got it. Okay. Thanks for letting me know. Because uh, yeah, last last week we uh, ended up with a you know probably a little over time too. So I will uh, keep that in mind. All right. We'll come back to your uh, your chats at the end of the stream. Thank you guys. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. And Magic Sky Fairy is up next. Magic Sky Fairy, are you there? Hi. How are you doing? Been, uh, Good. Yeah, how are things? Uh, no complaints. No complaints. Although, um, I guess maybe it'll be a boringer call than usual because, um, because the UK was having uh, some heat wave and uh, all the climate alarmists were all like, you know, the end is nigh, we're burning up all the fossils right. and Greenberg was right kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know where you guys are on the I guess, plausibility of man-made CO2 actually heating mm. up the temperatures of the Earth. Nah. For me, tip? that Did was... Oh, uh, I heard a little bit. Is that one of you guys? No, it's some jagweed outside on his tiny crotch rocket. Oh, I thought it was maybe a drone was flying by to try to attack oh. you or something. <laughs> try to attack me for, like, he's spilling the beans. Get him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Anyways, uh, you were talking about was, uh, global warming, yeah, man-made so, CO2 being the cause. Yeah, so that's principally okay. like what we get taught in school. And I, you know, that was like the last domino to fall for me on leftism. Like I was just mm. like, okay, well, they've got the data for this and all the guys in the lab coats. Like this one's, this one's got to be the real deal. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, because every time there's like a flood or like a, a heat or somewhere it gets hot, whatever, like we get um, you know, bombarded with, oh, here it is, climate change is happening. Fuck. As though those things didn't happen before. So then I was like, okay, if this is really a real thing, like we should just be able to look at the thermometer records because we've had weather stations with thermometers, just people dispassionately without an agenda, just like notching down, you know, what the high temperature for the day was and putting it, um, you know, in a data set and going home. Like we have that. Actually, the United States has that more precisely. The United States has the highest quality temperature record of any country in the world. Going back the furthest. Has the highest what? The, the, the best uh, quality temperature record, oh, uh, just record, with thermometer readings. Hmm. Yeah. So if you had to guess, like, when the, the, the world, well, I guess we'll say it's the U.S., but it happens to be the world record as well. The highest temperature ever recorded. Uh, you want to guess what year that was in and what it was? Ooh. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to guess I the year, but I'm going to guess something around 130. That you, you're pretty close. It was 134 degrees, and it was in Death Valley, California. Okay. It was... Uh, July 10th, 1913, that record stands to this day, has not okay. been beaten. That's um, so hot. Yeah. If there were if fruits were burning on the trees, like it was, and that's what the newspapers at the time were saying. Anyway, um, if you actually look in the, the Wikipedia, like uh, high temperature records for the United States, it has it by state and territory. You can just scroll through. It goes from Alabama down to Wyoming, and for some reason, Puerto Rico and Samo Western Samoa. Anyway. Um, the highest concentration is in the 1930s. Out of like 57 states and districts, 24 are from the 1930s alone. So there's no question like that. And then 
when I bring that up to people, the next line of defense is, okay, well, those were isolated outliers, but, you know, you have to look at the trend. Yeah, that was okay. going to be my challenge. My devil's advocate is, what about average temperature, though? If right. we can find, okay, so it sounds like you're going to address that point. Well, you don't even need to go to, so you can just right now on your computer, go to realclimatetools.com. Because okay. you could go to NOAA directly, but it doesn't actually have um, easy to access visual data. This one just links to their data. U.S. temperatures uh, is what I want. Yeah, U.S. Yeah. temperatures, yeah. And just pick, I guess, Oregon was the one that had, like, last year they were making a lot of hay out of that because it broke its uh, own, like, How do you know, I select the state here? It's, it's not, oh, okay, yeah, I see. Yeah, there's wait, AL wait, and oh, you can go down to OR. US, oh, but whatever, yeah, okay, pick whatever okay, state you yeah. want. And then just, like, drag... I guess the data chart down and you can see like the clusters you can like on the x-axis yeah. on the left you can just like isolate that to let's say 100 degrees or whatever uh, does that look like an a rising trend That's really, really and so this is this is, this is just a, a scatter plot of every temperature reading every day of that city uh the the, the high for the month it's oh, the, the high for the, for the month okay oh, yeah and you've got every month going back to i guess in if you're going with ashland is the default the yeah uh, that's what i'm station looking at. oregon yeah um but you can see like does that look like a rising trend like it's it's just all clustered so what you did have was like yes there was a couple of readings at 112 degrees fahrenheit and I, yeah. yeah admit point taken that's a record high for oregon yeah but you can see it's also an extreme outlier there's not a lot of very right. high temperatures around there it's just kind of there like if anything there's still like in the 19 i guess 10 to 1930 region there's still a lot more happening and again oregon like the, the northwestern united states the last couple of years have been hot but like i don't know, pick your own state like what is uh you're in montana i guess so i guess that's mt yeah you know so just pick a random you know anaconda's got a but i guess it was shut down for a couple of decades but i don't know chinook you know whatever like, I like Big Timber. It's a cool spot. They have a great gun store there. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Big Timber. But yeah. again, look at Big Timber. Look at the cluster from 1920 to 1936. Like, yeah, those temperatures are way higher than anything recent. So like the idea that we're at these like unprecedented highs, you shouldn't need to stand on the bodies of dead polar bears or whatever to try to like, you know, be like, oh, look, the earth is warming. All you need is a temperature record with thermometers and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, which I, is what this is. I'm certainly not convinced by this sort of uh, high temperature doomsdayism that we're seeing uh, about mm -hmm. the UK and other things. Where um, it's it's frustrating because uh, it's it, to me it's the same sort of logic as as uh, when you have say a freak snowstorm that's late or early in the year, and that is dismissed. Well, that's a weather event; it's not climate. Uh, mm -hmm. In this case, we're taking again isolated weather events and calling them climate i don't mean you i mean them the the alarmist yeah. people um mm -hmm. the data here it's hard for me to read like if i could just see a trend line of average uh, temperatures you can hit trend i guess okay and then isolated by month might make it easier oh, okay like if you pick, well this um, is totally this is totally flat to your point when i when i engage when i enable the trend i thought maybe i would see here just a slight increase of maybe a degree or two over time which is what they warn about but in this yeah. case I don't even see that. The trend line is actually flat, unless I'm misreading this somehow. No, you're not. Well, you can isolate the month. See, it says T-Max, the next one yeah. over. You could isolate July if you think that would make a difference. Um, but it doesn't uh, really. I mean, yeah, no, I'm, it's I'm, still like a flat line. Well, so. and on this topic, it's it's like even if I grant the point that we are, uh, our activity is, is raising the planet's temperature, 
Uh, the question is, what are the solutions? Their solution is, yeah, is completely your d- destroy your economy and your energy system and put create much more human suffering than uh, a few degrees of temperature change would. And if you want to create energy sources that are carbon neutral in the way they want, sure. Like if I if I if I had the opportunity or if I had the option to be carbon neutral in my energy, I guess that's something that I'd be interested in. But who do I trust to develop that? Do I trust people with an incentive to develop that technology and and make a profit as they will earn? Or do I trust the morons in DC to just take all of our money and give it to whoever the Dr. Fauci of climate is and expect that they'll wave their magic wand and fix all. And recently it's going to be like Bill Gates or something like that. But like, it, the whole point you've even i guess gone a step further than i would which would which is you've kind of granted them the premise oh well let's say this is a problem yeah i don't even think we should grant them that like based like the data just the raw data isn't there and they've had to manipulate the data yeah so this is the final point i'll make on the argument sure. and then i'll be on my way um so nasa and i guess called gis the goddard space institute anyway um they maintain um kind of a, a U.S. aggregate, that, and they don't have you know, thermometer readings like this. They call it a temperature anomaly. So fine. And, and that obviously shows like an upward increase. Um, so they released that up to the year 2000. And at the time when they released this data set, this time series in the year 2000, the hottest, temp- the hottest year they had on record was 1934. And much cooler than that, several ranks below it was 1998. Okay. Now, fast forward to 2017 the same data that they have published now. It's supposedly the same time series. Um, now, somehow, 1934 is way below, and 1998 is above 1934. So how did that happen? And then they have a, you know, an asterisk saying, oh, yeah, we adjusted it to you know, account for, to, we corrected some earlier data and uh, made it more accurate now. Mm. So it's like, okay. And then you go to, there's a Snopes article on this as well, because a lot of right-wing people were sharing it around, like, hey, look at this bullshit. Um, and Snopes, you know, of course, called it fact-checked false. Uh, there was no data tampering. Uh, NASA was very upfront that they corrected past data. They even did a press release at the time that they were doing it, uh, and they made the data more accurate, not less. Uh, so fact-checked ah. false. These okay. people are liars. Yeah. Yeah, really. All right. So anyway, um, I have no shortage of examples of this. Sure. Uh, it's just, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this is a pretty good case, but even this, with all this data... I don't think it's enough to convince somebody who's been propagandized. Just, oh, I don't know. They told me on the news. Well, data is never enough to convince people that have been propagandized. Even video evidence, man. Like you show people like uh, 2000 Mules, for example, like people like dropping ballots into (laughs) the the ballot boxes. And they're They're just like, like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's basically it. They just like, oh, that's one guy. So what? Yeah. So anyway, I guess. Thanks for the thoughts, man. Yeah. I hope hope you're doing well and appreciate the insight on the uh, issue. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, we had at least a couple here, so try to keep on the clock. Reloaded AK is up next. Um, Mr. AK. Hey. Hey, guys. What's on your mind? Uh, I guess I'm going to, I guess I'll stick with the religious theme tonight. Uh, Hmm. uh, Blonderman, how how well do you know about Father Coughlin? Oh, I know Father Coughlin of Father Coughlin, courtesy of E. Michael Jones and Mm -hmm. Dave Bradley. I know none. Yeah, uh, so that dude was fucking based. Hmm. He was actually a very, very popular radio host back in the early '30s. Uh, can you imagine if you aired some of those Father Coughlin? Can you imagine if you aired that now? People would shit their pants. They'd flip. 
but yeah. it's uh, this is the it, Canadian father, guy. Was he Canadian? Yeah. Was he Canadian? He was. He's, he was born in Canada, but he ended up shedding up a a a a, 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 a parish cathedral, whatever you want to call it, in Detroit, called the Shrine of the Little Flower. Hmm. And it was actually a very popular place for people to go for, like especially Catholics to go visit and see. And uh, I don't know. Uh, they have a. I, I was actually showing a dangerous spaces when I was talking to him and they're like a, like a postcard of, of the shrine of the little flower, like a, a like a, a snapshot of it or like somebody's painting, like a little painting of it, but it, it's designed way different than what you see uh Catholic churches design now after Vatican two. Mm-hmm. And what it, it, it's, that it took on the more Protestant design. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's like the, this, uh, the pulpit or the communion's table is, is like in the center of the room and all the pews circle it. And it's like a little amphitheater that they designed uh, to have. Like they had, they had a second level where, with pews surrounding it as well. And it looks pretty interesting. And again, I'm not Catholic. I'm 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 Baptist, but uh, I can I can respect a man like Father Coughlin who was able to you know preach the truth and hold fast to his convictions all the way to the very end. The only reason he yeah. he stopped, the only reason he stopped his radio broadcast is because I can't remember if he he was threatened by his bishop or or his. Uh, or the basically the pope, the pope like from top down told him to stop his radio broadcast, or he would be kicked out of his position as a priest. Bummer. This uh, well, Wikipedia says that FDR was involved. Really? In, well, it, yeah, apparently he actually, he Father Coughlin did go to the White House. And he supported he, FDR and then later became uh, hostile, a critical, because, uh, a critical and an enemy of his. Yeah, because uh, he liked FDR's original positions, but again, it's about not following through on what you said you would do. And what he actually did, and what FDR what actually did. did. Hmm. Uh, but um, Father Coughlin actually was summoned to the White House to propose a possible new uh, currency system, where uh, um, he would he would talk about how he, he would have coins minted that were seventy five percent silver and twenty five percent gold. And the funny thing is, the treasure the, the the head of the Treasury Department, uh, Henry Morgenthau. Uh, made a made a remark about it, and then he looked at Henry Morgenthau as his silver is the Gentiles metal, uh, you hmm. know, making a not so subtle reference to Morgenthau's uh, <laughs> okay. uh, ethnic heritage. Yeah, but uh, it, uh, it, it, he he was able. He took a lot of stances that uh, weren't exactly uh, popular in, among the United States elite at the time, uh, mm-hmm. especially like a, a lot of politicians and stuff like that. That. And people like FDR that wanted to get us into the war, yeah. uh, he always preached against uh, trying of like of the the quote unquote secret aid we were given Britain and France, like the 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 armed shipments and everything and the supplies we were giving them. And he wasn't looking for it was he did, I don't think he really wanted he can't remember if he said anything definitive about our uh, blockade on Japan, which again caused directly caused Pearl Harbor to happen. Uh, but he was against like basically going to war with Europe. He was focused on you know here, and he said we basically had no reason to be doing any sort of uh, action over over there whatsoever. And uh, uh, he would he uh, he he caught a lot of flack because he taught the Bible as it was as it was written, and uh, he, he a, a, a lot of Jewish people got mad at him. Because he he would say things like, "Oh well, the Jews were the reason that Jesus Christ was crucified." And it wasn't the Romans that did it. He just say it's because the Jesus uh, Jesus was betrayed by the. Why people is that so to... controversial? That's I know that's a good question. That is an excellent question, and you maybe you should ask. You maybe you should figure that out. But uh, but um, 
He would say that till the very end. He's got uh, if you go to archive.org and type in Father Coughlin, it's it's been it's spelled Father Cough, like Cough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lynn. But uh, if you look up archive.org, it's got some uh, some excerpts of his of uh, like his uh, his writings. Like he actually had a um a, a newspaper is uh and uh, funnily enough yeah, it, it was, was called uh, maybe you're getting social, this it was called social justice yeah really yeah. <laughs> the national weekly social justice and i can't remember the organization it had the word huh. social justice it had the names it had the social justice in the name but i can't remember the whole name of the organization this it just according to wikipedia started. it was just social justice that's it that was like it was the name of the the newspaper but he actually had an oh, organization like okay i see that oh. had the phrase social justice in it got it and um he 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 would put out the social justice national like uh, paper basically every week, and this one I'm looking at from archive.org says um, this is from ninth of January of of 1941, and it's talking about the war. It's yeah. basically like basically the Senate or the politicians trying to instigate it. It's a Senate investigation to air war deals. Will 77th Congress surrender on orders of Federal Reserve? Won't permit President to keep peace promise. They silenced Father Coughlin. How about Kennedy? And they were, and uh, mm. funnily enough, before Father Coughlin was was like forced to step step down by his own by like by the Catholic hierarchy, he was being uh, boxed out by uh, the radio broadcast corporations, ABC, CBS, whatever was existed back then. Yeah. Like I think ABC kicked him out first, and then they, uh, I think it was CBS also teamed up to uh, air Father Coughlin's replacement that ABC picked up. So they were all you know joining together to box him out. Which is not surprising. Hmm. That isn't Again, surprising. All no. right. Well, uh, appreciate the call. I, I've not I've not heard of this particular individual until now. So, uh, uh, well, I just, I've been hearing more about some uh, Catholic stuff the uh, past like a uh, few days, and I don't know if, uh, how much Blonde knew about Vatican II because I actually just uh, listened to a deep dive on Vatican II and how long basically the setup for Vatican II uh, was going on. It basically started. Right after World War II, and it was basically incubating for about 18 to 20 years. That's and a suspicious timeline. Yeah, well, I mean, it really it didn't really start happening until about the 60s. Like that whole, uh, what was it, this, that whole council uh, yeah. happened? Yeah. Yeah, it was, I, if, if you want, I can link you to the to the show I was listening to where they talk about it. It's a, it's, it's, free, it's a free show, so you just have to go to the, the time. Yeah, shoot me an email. There. Yeah, I will. Um, Thank you. And then... No problem. And uh, we'll we'll have to keep it moving here unless you just have a really quick thought. No, I just uh, I I'm, I was gonna say uh, was to keep with like the the biblical stuff. I've said it sucks that I haven't been able to tune into your uh, Bible studies every every Saturday, man. It's been really busy. I yeah, got sure. good news though. I I got full custody of my son today. Oh, Whoa, congratulations! That's congratulations. a big win. Glad to hear. It. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a stressful time, but it's not not everything's over with yet. His mom's not happy with me. <laughs> But uh, all right, well, uh, well, enjoy that, man. Um, uh, congratulations, and and thank you for the call. Uh, no problem, guys. You have a good night. You as well. Me too. Okay, let's see. Uh, we do have two more, so maybe we'll just do two quick hitters. I know. Sure. Okay. Bottom of the hour, we got to get to the calls. So, Joshy boy, are you there? Yes, I am. We might have to be quicker than day. usual tonight because we're right up against the clock. But uh, oh, so damn. so bear with my abruptness if I have to be. Um, well, I'll try to make it brief, but this one's going to be a long one. I wanted to <laughs> let me, yeah, let me set up the uh, let me set up the premise then. Discrimination, because okay. we're right. always talking, we're always told that it's wrong to discriminate and everything. Mm-hmm. However, I wanted to 
argue on behalf of discrimination and <laughs> more so specifically that we actually do forms of discrimination all the time in terms mm -hmm. of dating. Uh, take, for example, if you go to a club and they have a certain attire that you have to dress as, they discriminate anybody who doesn't afford, uh, adhere to that. Or there's certain age groups that they're looking for. So anybody younger than, say, 35 will be discriminated against. We don't want people your age coming in here with us, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. The specific word I wanted to uh, focus on is the second definition, which has the word discern, which means to differentiate or tell the difference, yeah. right? And I kind of wanted to get y'all's thoughts on how to... Um, I mean, I know how to use it personally, how to discriminate effectively. But hmm. do you ever think there is a just cause for discrimination? Ah. Do I think that there is a just cause for discrimination? Like, for example, you have a store. And you have one individual who comes in there, loud, bad-mouthing, sagging his pants. You're a stereotypical black thug, right? <laughs> I saw this example one time on a video years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have another individual of the same race. He's well-mannered, well-dressed, he's very polite, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Would you discriminate against one against the other? Um, in this specific instance, uh, uh, yeah, totally. But I think that uh, asking people not to use their discriminatory senses it puts them at a, a major, major disadvantage to just function normally in life. Hmm. Um, because people don't know why they do certain things, but you have to trust your instincts sometimes. Malcolm Gladwell talks about this in Freakonomics, I think. But um, he did some study on, I'm like, we have to hurry it up and I'm going to tell some long story. Okay. Uh, he did some study on um, tennis players that were able to tell <coughs> that they were going to um, did, did fuck up the serve, um, like watching a video. And they were able to, to discern with like remarkable accuracy, like when something, I don't, I don't remember what it was, wouldn't go over the net or something like that, but they were never yeah. able to figure out exactly why they were able to pinpoint this. It was like a, like a feeling that they had or something yeah. like and that. Some subtle, some subtlety about the movement they were able to pick up on. They were able to pick up, but, but nobody has ever describe. to date been able to figure out like why they were able to. And I think that, that that's what discrimination is. It's like your human instinct is telling you this person is not safe. They're not worthy of whatever that they shouldn't. It, yeah. Like go with it. We shouldn't be trying to mute these natural responses to our decision-making process. It's insane. Yeah. I think the point yeah. that you raise is correct. That discrimination is not, I don't, I don't know that discrimination, discrimination has um, moral value positively or negatively inherently. There are certain judgment calls that are wise to make. And I think there are certain judgment calls that might not be wise to make. Mm -hmm. The question is, what yeah. is the difference and how do we separate those? But as far as the morality of it, I don't, you have a right to your own association and you have a right to your own property. To me, that's the yeah. end of the discussion. You may discriminate in those decisions on whatever criteria you wish. And exactly. I might dispute, right. well, I think that's an unwise set of criteria to use. But the bottom line is it's not my association or my property. So it doesn't it, really matter why you discriminated. If the question irrelevant. is, what would I do? How would I? I mean, if I'm setting the criteria, like if I'm providing a service, if I own a store or something, in general, if you come into my store looking for my service, I don't care. I'm here to provide a service. That's fine. Um, yeah. However, <laughs> if you piss me off for any any reason I decide, and it might be, you know, who knows? Maybe you just looked at me funny and I don't like you. Whatever. I don't have an obligation to, to provide my property or my labor or my association. I can tell you to get the hell out. 
so I know I'm probably not fully getting at your question by being able to say, here's exactly what I would use to discriminate if I were in this position. What here's yeah. the set of criteria. The reality is it's sort of subjective to me. It's like, did you, did you piss me off or not? <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Oh, well, Are you here for the right reasons or not? Reason. Yeah. Um, I used to work at a bridal shop back when, um, you could be openly racist and it was fine. Uh, owned by Asians, by the way. Yeah. And I remember them stopping like really fat women at the bottom of the stairs and being like, don't even, Bob, like, we can't we can't help you you know okay. like what are, yeah uh and but now like you can get away with any of this shit well and that's what's frustrating like we we could sit here and discuss is that the right decision business-wise for them to say get out of here or not but th- there's no crime committed or no violation by them saying we don't want to serve this person you you can't compel well, them. Well, there were there were to, logistical logistic reasons. Like yeah. there were no like if you're morbidly obese, there's nothing that yeah. you can try on. Like what are you going to do? You're just going to damage the dresses with your giant ass. Yeah. So like, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want from us? All right, uh, we hogged all the time. I will give you a final thought if you want, Joshy. Okay, last thing. Next time we're going to explain it. But yeah. one of the other things is real quickly is that when it comes to discrimination, because I'm Christian, a Protestant, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, God does discriminate against either the believers and non-believers. Hmm. So if you want an ultimate moral argument on that one, as flimsy as it is, that will be it. Well, I'll have to look at that because I, I don't have this ironed out in my head clearly on exactly how I would differentiate if I was in control. Yeah. Well, become become Protestant, okay? None of this happy <laughs> bullshit. So. All right. All right. I'm All right. Out of here. See you, man. Yeah. Okay. We do have one more. I, I just want to give Wes a chance to chime in. I know we're beyond the time here, but uh, Wes, are you there? Yes, I'm there. Hi, we, are, we are Hi. right up against the clock, so I'll have to be very, very brief, like a, a minute or so. But, uh, but uh, what's on your that's mind? That's a shame. Um, so my older brother is a transgender and I Ooh. recently had a four hour oh. conversation right. with him. 20 minutes. It is. Old. I know. Yeah, yeah. We can talk. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll try to be quick. Yeah. I, um, I recently had a four hour conversation with him and I tried to figure out what it was that brought him to that life. And I told him, man, is it because you had um, a lack of you're, you're smaller than everyone else. You're more brainy. So you figured you weren't great as a man. So you want to be a woman. And he basically told him me, no, it was just cause it makes me happy. And uh-huh. that's when he goes into explanation about his philosophy that he's actually a nihilist. And I started doing some research into nihilism, and it turns out he's a cosmic and he's a moral nihilist, meaning there's no meaning or purpose in the universe, and that he has no belief in objective morality. I told him, can you say that rape is is inherently wrong? And he said, well, I can just say that there's no situation in which I would rape. That doesn't answer. But but even that, why? Why wouldn't you? I... (laughs) Because he doesn't believe there's a right and wrong. He he seriously believes that we're just animals. Is it just he and wouldn't like, rape because he doesn't enjoy rape? Is that the answer? It's because he doesn't like it. That's that's his that, only answer oh my in God. life is what people like and do not like. The only reason and I'm it, not it a mass sense. shooter is because I don't enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. There, there are things that matter to me. He can't answer why they matter to him. Yeah. He, as far as he's concerned, he's just an animal doing animal things. Yeah. And it opened my eyes to how destructive nihilism is because he's oh, yeah. lost his marriage. His his daughter's not even really his. Oh, she yeah. adopted. Be- what? Yeah, his wife. His wife had a daughter with somebody else because they were in an open relationship. What? The- his wife was sleeping with this man. She fell in love with him and wanted to have a child through him. And at first, he was against it, but now he then he. 
Shit. Once the baby was but what, there. But what's the point of your brother then? Why don't they just uh, just kick him out of the whole thing and she just marries we the just guy? Got, it's the father of her child. We just got Spoiler done how you have to mean. Your <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Are you trying to end this call, Skag? No, no, no I was. Uh, I was saying we just got done. How you have saying how you have to maintain family ties. It's crucially important. And now we finally heard the story where it's like, all right, act. Okay, just th- this one needs to be let go. They've, we've we've gone too no, far. No, in the marriage, well, like yeah. like what's the point no, no, of him? I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Oh, she divorced him, and did yeah. she get with the guy that's a father of her child? Yeah. I don't know. I don't keep up with her. She wasn't part of the family to begin with. I I, I thought she was a Jezebel from the moment he married her, and I was right. Oh, what a disaster! Wow. Well, your brother fucked up your he, whole family. Nice. Well, he he lost he lost his faith in college, and from there he's just been downhill. And so it's been you, interesting to see how my life and his life have diverged, and the people who stayed in the faith. Wow! Oh my god! I I wish we could talk about this some more. Uh, can you call back another time, and maybe we can discuss it yeah. a little more? I find that to I'll be fascinating. Can so, you please back. call Holy back Wednesday. next week? I I okay. would uh, I would like to hear more about no, this. No, I'm not going to be here. Wait, is next? No, week? it's no, not. No, next, I will be here. Okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, I listen to the show every week. Okay. So yeah, if you're able to call back, I'd love to hear more about this. Not just for the uh, details right. of the story, but because of the moral implications of of what you're talking about. I find that to be fascinating. What yeah, a it's, disaster. it's both horrifying, but now that I, I you know, I worry that it was something mental or psychologically with him. No, it's philosophical. His issues are philosophical. Yeah, interesting. And now I'm trying to do research and to fight that. Speaking okay. of the philosophical foundation, Blonde, uh, Matt, no, Mike Winger does a very in-depth study of Catholicism. I recommend okay. you listen to it. Okay. Well, thank you for the call, Wes, and uh, have a good right. night. Godspeed Catch in your guys efforts. next time. All right, see ya. Wow. What a fucking disaster. That's, uh... Yeah, I mean, what he's what he's talking about there is exactly what has led me on the path to, I suppose, this moral curiosity and and topics of faith and religion. Because I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know exactly what's true about the moral framework of the world, but it ain't that. It ain't just uh, you know do whatever feels good. There's no real purpose to it. There's no organizing principle to any of this. There's no such thing as right or wrong. Uh, that's how you get complete disaster. And so I think the truth is uh, something else. I think the truth is there's an origin and a sense to the, to the uh, moral structure of the world. And it ain't, uh, it ain't that kind of nihilism. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I I, I look forward to hearing more about that. Uh, All right. Thanks to the callers tonight. Appreciate it. And um, if you'd like to, uh, Send us an email question. Maybe you're having trouble calling in or uh, you, you can't call in live. Place to do that is the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form or respond to those email questions at the end of the stream each week, as we will right now. Given the volume, I suppose we should commit ourselves to sticking to the one response each rule, even though we'll break that immediately. Okay. N- not Edward Snowden. N-word Snowden. <laughs> Would you rather party with Hunter Biden or do a crossword puzzle with Bernie Sanders? Of course, I'm going to pick Hunter Biden. I got to see what this is all about. Yeah, that's too easy. What is the incentive to do the crossword puzzle with Bernie? That'd be so boring. Josh, what principles or advice do you, Mr. Christensen and Ms. Blonde, to find the right one? Is that what he's saying? Just for finding finding the the right right, one? Yeah, for finding your spouse, I suppose. What principles or advice... We're going to give the same advice, which is turn yourself into the best version of yourself that you possibly can, and the ladies will follow. That is correct, so I will not add to that. The only thing I will say is uh, be very clear on your purposes upon entry, and do not shy away from those important questions date one. 
we've discussed He's talking this before. about upon entry to the date. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Uh, go into that date one, and <laughs> it's not like you're asking her to marry you. You're asking, are you dating for marriage? Are yeah. you looking for children? Yeah. Not, it doesn't have to be with you. It's just, is that your purpose in being here? And if the answer is no, move on. Everybody's always yeah. afraid of, well, they're going to think I'm too serious, too the fast. Then they're wrong. They're doing yeah. it for the wrong reasons. If that, So get to the important things immediately. Doesn't matter what sports teams you like, what music you like. Doesn't even matter what your hobbies are necessarily. You can build hobbies together. But uh, why would you want to have hobbies with your significant other? Uh, I like a good mix. I like there are activities we like to do together. There are things that are only mine and there are things that are only hers. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jump kick man. I sometimes unironically ask myself, what would Picard do when dealing with a difficult person or situation? Blonde, who is a better role model? Captain Picard or Jesus? Of course, Jesus. Good Lord. (laughs) Matt, is there anyone you would choose whose name would fit into the what would Jesus do phrase to give it a flexible guide to life? But you can't say anyone you know. Uh, not seriously. Uh, there might be people I might make joking reference to in that context. But as far as someone I consider on the level of uh, of a messiah or someone of moral purity that is is something of a compass to guide you, uh, no, because I don't think in general uh, men are of that quality. So I hate this question. The next one or, th- or that one? That one. I, I wouldn't be able to give you an example of a person I look to as, as a flawless moral guidance. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for right now is is the structure and origin of that moral compass and, and how to understand it better. Um, anyway, uh, Troy Boy says, occasionally I'll, I'll hear or, or see or hear uh, something and stop and think, is this political commentary or am I reading into it too much? Uh, my latest round of this is in the video for Weird Al's polka face. In the Womanizer segment, a segment, a robust robot in a bra runs around town grinding on streetlights and angrily pointing at everything, including a trash can, a traffic signal, a dog, a fire hydrant, and crowds of people passing by to accuse it of being a womanizer. So what are your thoughts? Political commentary or is it just supposed to be funny or am I reading uh, too much into it? I'd have to see. I don't know. Some I'm not not apart from the specific examples that you made, but sometimes I'm like, I'm unable to have fun, and it's made me lame because Mm. I, um, because I think that there's propaganda in everything. However, there's propaganda in everything. (laughs) There is, yeah, yeah. So I I don't know how to answer this. I mean, try not to be lame and to enjoy things that are there for entertainment value, but be aware almost everything's going to have propaganda that's a fair answer i'm happy with that. i'd have to see it I, I i'd be i'm not a weird al connoisseur but uh i i don't know that i've ever heard anything overtly political from weird al or am i mistaken that doesn't sound like his jam um so, this is blonde's favorite knee grow ah hey sweet gorgeous aryan beauty blonde <laughs> since you do a lot of medical research kindly share your findings about supplements what kinds are useful and which are not. Honestly, I I don't know because there's one school of thought um, that you should be able to get all of your nutrients from a healthy diet. Um, but I supplement, I'm trying to conceive, so I supplement for that just to cover all my bases. Um, 
I think that if you have an MTHFR mutation, you should take methylfolate. And outside of that, I think you can get almost everything you need from a healthy, balanced diet. Hmm. Um, Ashwin says, sorry for the previous question versus on consequentialism versus prevention. If it wasn't clear, I just wanted to know if you think the government should be in the business of preventing crimes or getting the proper justice for the victims of crimes. Ah. Where in the spectrum should government be most of the time? I think the latter is preventing a crime from happening to me is my responsibility. I don't believe government is proven to be effective in that. Rather, I think they've proven the opposite. Okay, you need to answer this while I reread it. I think that's correct. That That is to say, is a justice is the point of a justice system, law enforcement, the courts, all of that. Should that be focusing on intervening in crimes in progress or about to happen or may happen? Or should that be about securing justice for crimes that have already happened? And I think Mm -hmm. you're right to say that it should be about securing justice or pursuing justice for crimes that have already happened. Oh, I see. Okay. um, For a number of reasons. But I think even though it's tempting to say, well, oh, man, wouldn't it be great if the police just stop every murderer? Yeah, that would be great. That's almost impossible to do. And the other problem with getting overly interventionist is you're going to commit crimes yourself. You're going to invade people's uh, privacy. You're going to steal their property. You're going to do all sorts of bad things in the name of preventing a bad action. And we have no real way to evaluate whether that actually stopped an injustice or just created additional injustice. That's true. So I'm, I'm with you philosophically that, that protecting yourself, of course, if somebody busts into my home and wants to do damage to me or my family, if I can, I'm going to call nine one one. But fundamentally in that moment, um, until any responder gets here, it's my job to protect and defend my family. And I think the justice system should be focused on securing justice for my family if something like that did happen rather than trying to spy on some guy and and be everybody's dad to protect everybody. There's just there's too many pitfalls. There's too many dangers in trying to oversee everybody's actions to try to prevent something from happening. Do you have anything else to add to that? Okay. We should also start cruising. All right. Chad Yarbrough says, uh, regarding the 10-year-old ten- abortion, I'm curious, given the information was so hard to come by, exactly when and how did the White House know about it? Well, because they uh, had a um, a HIPAA violator. <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the abortionist doctor. Yeah. Uh, it's Don't get me wrong. It is certainly possible, if not likely, that lots of people were communicating behind the scenes. However, in fairness... <laughs> And to play devil's advocate, what Biden was referencing was a story in the Indie Star that was published several days before he ever spoke about it. It was very general. All it said was there's this abortionist who said she was referred a 10 year old girl from Ohio and she came and gave her an abortion. That's pretty much it. So I, I don't know if Biden had some secret channel of communication. Maybe it's also possible that maybe just some Biden intern person saw this on social media and thought, Oh, that's a great talking point. I'll get it to the speechwriter. Yeah. So I don't think you're wrong to be suspicious about that. I just think uh, I'll acknowledge that there's a, there's a pretty simple non suspicious explanation for how, how that happened. Uh, I think most of the suspicion goes number one to mom what the hell's going on there? And number two to the abortionist who was either lied to by mom and said that the father was 17 or deliberately right. attempted to conceal the age of the father herself. People, people are covering for others. And, and, and I think there's some, 
shady antics that look like a cover up at the Columbus Police Department and the Columbus uh, or the, the Franklin County Children's Services as well. That That's where I'd focus my scrutiny. I think Biden was just reading a propaganda point from the newspaper, mostly. Um, I read that one. Right? The epitome, epitome of Michael Schlecht's Yarmulk Yamaka. Due to California's jungle primary system, Adam Schiff's only opponent this November is a squad endorsed socialist drag queen who is running under his drag name of maybe a girl. Do you think there's any good, uh, any good for supporting the drag queen to help accelerationism? Well, sure, I've, se- I've seen point, what Adam, <laughs> I've seen what Adam Schiff offers. Give me maybe a, there's no way maybe a girl is worse is, is, you know, Adam Schiff also has allegations of uh, this is, uh, I guess, kind of tinfoily. I don't know. My, my wife knows more about this. I want to qualify. This is not defamatory. People say that Adam Schiff once had a relationship with a young man of color and killed him. Hmm. There's what? an allegation out there that he uh, that he did something to that effect. I, I don't buy into that at all. Of course, that sounds. I don't think Adam Schiff could overtake <laughs> a black man of any size. We're talking young, though, like a boy. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. And we also don't know their relationship. Maybe Adam Schiff was overtaken by a young black boy. Maybe that was their agreement. But the allegation is that he had killed him or had him killed. I don't know how, how true that is. Anyway, I guess what I'm saying is if you're worried about <laughs> grooming or like pedo stuff, some might say falsely, Susan, that Adam Schiff has some skeletons in his closet on that already. Long Don John says, following up on a question from last week, what do you think would have happened over the last two years, if the Capitol was never stormed on January 6th, uh, what stick or sticks would the Democrats be beating the Republicans with, if any, leading up to the midterms? It's hard to say because it would just be some story that was never sensationalized that would be sensationalized. Yeah. Can I think of anything in the last year or two that would have been picked up in that way? I, I don't know. It's They made the Ukrainian phone call a whole thing. Like They just pick ridiculous things to sensationalized you never see it well, i don't know what they would have manufactured either yeah so i can't answer that but it would have been something similar it was right it was just what the doctor ordered you know hmm. yeah i'm sorry but, i don't have a creative explanation on that it's just uh that's why i don't work at the dnc um not that guy what do you think of the hunt for nazis in the military you know i reject this entire term that anybody in this day and age is a real nazi they're not even if you're a a Germany loving national socialist of the modern day. You're still not a Nazi. What's a uh, time and a place that's that we the can no longer belong to. It has yeah. to be of the era. That's the distinction you're making. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could be a neo-Nazi. <laughs> okay. But I reject that as well. This hunt for Nazis in the military. I love that. They're just going to call like every, every a white conservative male a nazi and then they're just going to open the floodgates for like weird chick dykes and trannies yeah so whatever i mean we're I, already I a joke of a country so fine. i don't know what they're doing specifically i'd have to see the specific proposal and actions that they're taking of course i understand that that term is going to be weaponized for broad uh quote-unquote right-wing politics it's not going to be people who want to um 
want to enact genocide on behalf of the white race or something like that. You know, in general, I don't necessarily want to do a lot of ideological screening because I think that that's very, it's very slippery. (laughs) However, to play devil's advocate, uh, I don't, do I want avowed communists who want to destroy the American way in the military? Is that something that we should tolerate? I, I can think of, I can think of a lot of different ideologies that, are overtly hostile to the constitution and to our system. Should we screen for those? Uh, Mm. Man, I haven't put a lot of thought to that. Um, So I'll have to punt on that for now and say, uh, I know that these people are going to abuse that they're going to abuse this Nazi thing and, and uh, put, put our military in an even weaker position than it is now, which by the way, they're having trouble recruiting across every branch. So that's going to be a bunch of bullshit. But just on the principle of the matter about what should be screened for ideologically, I'll have to think more about that. JD14, you want this one? Uh, sure. I actually was not. Okay. Any thoughts about Tucker Carlson broadcasting from and visiting Iowa earlier this week? I so rarely watch Tucker now. Do I have any opinions about this? I don't know. Is the idea that he's going to run or something? Is that I, why, why is he in Iowa? He's way ahead. But I don't. I watched five minutes of his show and I was like, oh, he's in Iowa. Yeah. I hate it when he does away shows. I didn't even watch it. Hmm. Nate says uh, Lauren Southern was horribly defamed out of petty spite by a contemptible fraudulent faggot. Lies repeated by many on the right. She puts out a video with proof to clear her name and Matt characterizes and dismisses that as engaging in drama despite never watching it. Dear Matt, why are you such a cunt? Wow. He, you know, uh, at the time, he really got Milo. me. I know he got you at the time that this Milo thing came out. I was like, this is bullshit. And we talked about it on the show. I was like, this is clearly like a stupid hate piece. Like, why do we trust this treacherous faggot from the get? And I got totally ripped for that. They're like, you're cucking because Lauren, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, why aren't you, why aren't you simping harder for Lauren? Uh, first of all, I, (laughs) why are you such a kind? Why can't you listen, Nate? I said, it's not I, at all what you said. I do not engage in this sort of like interpersonality, inter YouTube drama. I specifically said, I'm not accusing Lauren of any of this. Go back and listen. And if you have a direct quote that you think I said that was unfair, bring the direct quote, this sort of accusatory bullshit. That's not at all what I said, but yeah, you got me. I'm a cunt. Well put. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not entering this arena or this fight because I have no stake in it. And I'm not a party to it. And I think in general, again, the context of what I was saying is how I operate myself is I just choose not to get engaged in these things because that's not the reason why I'm here. I'm not saying that Lauren behaved correctly. I'm not saying that she behaved incorrectly. I'm saying that's not my arena and I'm not going to enter it. If that makes me cunty, then I guess, yeah, I'm a giant cunt. You got me, Nate. Well, what's the well point, point of us involving ourselves in this at all? We don't, we don't like, I know Lauren on a relatively superficial level where we're like, okay, friends, I, you know, but like, I don't know any of the people that she talked about. Well, I think that's, that's fair to say too. This is so involved too. I'm granted. I accept the point. I don't know all of the details here. That's why I'm not trying to be accusatory, but the Lauren has issue with a lot of people. It's not just Milo. There are all sorts of other characters involved. And so it's not the issue is not nearly as simple as Nate is presenting it either. And if you think that I've made some defamatory statement against Lauren or incorrectly stated what she said, bring the quote. 
don't just make bullshit general accusations and then call me a cunt. Like that's you're not going to you're not going to persuade anybody that way. If you think that I misrepresented it, say, hey, I don't think you fully understood. Here's some evidence you may be missing. Great. Oh, you called me a cunt, Nate. You really changed my mind. I've come around. You're right. I know. You're, you're I know. Very persuasive. Well argued. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, um, that guy over there says, on the thought of would you kill baby Hitler, I quickly, I bet he was such a cute baby. Um, I quickly made <laughs> yeah. the leap. Did he have the to, mustache back then? Yeah, really. Yeah. To, if I could justify killing the baby, what would the judgment of my behaviors be on a scale of one to 10, one being no one would have an issue giving you a death sentence and 10, no one could find anything bad. What would you rate yourself on the on the I could not live with myself if I killed baby Hitler. Wait, wait, wait. OK, if I could justify killing the, the baby without the judgment or what would the judgment of my own behaviors be on a scale of one to ten? Baby. One would be I'm not a, I don't understand the scale here. One being no one would have an issue giving you a death sentence to ten. No oh. one could find anything bad. He was such a cute baby. I don't understand the scale here. Is the question, would we do it if we were guaranteed to get away with it? How bad would we feel about it if we did it? I think that's the question. Oh, if I if I killed a, a an infant because I thought it was going to grow up to do bad things? Yeah. I, I would never, there's yeah. 0% chance I could ever do that. Yeah. And there's a 0% chance I could forgive myself if I did. So, no, I'm, glad, I'm not doing that. Glad we agree. This one's you. <laughs> Mike. Hey, Mike is uh, the, I didn't know that the National Park guy from D.C. listens to the show. Thanks for tuning in. I really loved your breakdown of how the what fireworks. What was his real were, name? It, it was Mike. I think it was Mike Litterst. And the reporter said Mike Litterist. Like this person's name. Imagine that COVID-19 had been a legitimately deadly and natural virus that ended up killing off half the world population. Uh, would the world be better for it in the long run? Of course not. Yeah. Of course I'll, not. I have to. I have to cock on the calling of the human race. Yeah. <laughs> That's a left wing perspective. Survival of the fittest, though. I guess. Michael Schlecht. Hmm. It would appear to me that more leftists not than not tend to be irreligious or atheists and therefore do not believe in an afterlife. I believe that the lack of belief leads them to try and change the observable world in terms of gender, sexuality, etc. We were just talking about this. Just so that they can leave a legacy when they die since they don't have an afterlife to look forward to. What are your thoughts on the conclusion I've drawn from my observations? Hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, but I think what you just described inadvertently is also an explanation for the nature and origin of postmodernism. Uh, because if there's no absolute truth, then can't you just um, use your observable world to create a moral framework that you see fit? Hmm. Uh, That's yeah. not an answer, but yeah. No, I would agree with that. And I think that there's something to, I just think that there's something to being godless and, and moral decay. And I don't know if that's straying from God's moral structure or if that's just the result of lacking um a mechanism through which to achieve legacy and glory and all the things that he's talking <laughs> about um, if you believe that you achieve a legacy and glory by serving god then that is what you will do mm -hmm. if you believe that you achieve legacy and glory by instagram likes because you chopped off your wiener or something then that's what you'll do i guess that's what you'll do but that that's why those terms like what is a good legacy to leave 
what is glory to be achieved. Those need grounded definition or else they get it's like that fundamental human urge for those things gets misplaced into things it doesn't belong in like uh social media likes yeah. and things like that interesting thank you michael uh Eptius says let's say you have a family uh and then there would wait 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 Let's say you have a family, then where would one find fulfillment if your spouse wants to be a genetic dead end and you can't rely on children to fill the void? That's why you ask on date one, what are you doing this for? <laughs> if you, if you yeah. get married and you have not ironed out that question, don't get married. I know. Uh, what, what, I guess, what would you... Okay, so would I leave my husband if he were shooting blanks? No. Would I leave my husband if I was 28 and he was like, I don't want to have kids. I'd be like divorce, divorce. Yeah, and, he, like, I don't, oh. and even that is, I understand people have fertility problems and all that. Not being able to successfully have children is totally facing different. challenges is different than I don't want them. Yeah. And I don't want them. If you're the sort of person who's obviously does, and you married a person who does not that, that, that's why you can't get in that situation. If you're already in that situation, um, well, you go back to the, uh, I think that's when you go back to the Sean Connery method. You just start employing the backhand and you get, you get things in line. That's, yep. <laughs> it's not the option I choose, but this is, this is, uh, this is the situation that we're in. Yep. Um, dangerous arrested with invisible handcuffs space. This was so funny. We're, I assume we're talking about this on Sunday. It might be outdated uh, by then. I don't know, but it what it is great viewing material. Today to two of my favorite people in yeah. the world. So we've got people flying around in private jets and living on waterfront property saying we need to fix climate change because of issues like potentially rising sea levels. We had politicians demand we wear masks and stay indoors while they were out and about maskless all the time. Sanctuary cities and states preach um, that I lost my place. The U.S. must accept people illegally crossing the border. But they are now complaining when southern states bus illegal immigrants into their neighborhoods. I'm sure there are other examples, but my point is this. Let's, for the argument's sake, say they actually believe in some or even all of these these ideas. What that says to me is they want all the perceived benefit of fighting climate change, stopping COVID, bringing in mass migrants, uh, even if it's illegal, etc., but they want the average citizen to be the ones who have to make the sacrifices to enact such, such policies. Um, what do you guys think? Well, yeah, that's the attitude of the elite, isn't it? It's every year. It's exemplified by all of these um, climate change Hollywood faggots taking their private jets, the Oscars and stuff. It, it's just this elite mentality that like they're above having to follow the rules, but they still want the outcome that they want, whether or not it's better for society at large. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I actually don't have that much to add to it. So I suppose I will leave it at that. Sweet. Uh, thank you, Dangerous Spaces. Halo oh, with Horns says, uh, please forgive the... Oh, it must have been submitted that, twice. Uh, did y'all uh, hear about Fredo, a.k.a. Chris Cuomo, in Ukraine as a freelance journalist? Not as heroic as Malcolm Nance. I guess it requires less of a time commitment than being a volunteer firefighter in East Hampton. Does anybody really care? I just need uh, I just needed to laugh at a fallen uh, fallen state. I did see the news. So both both of those pieces of news. So Chris Cuomo is alleged to have tried to join the volunteer fire department and then balked at the time commitment and bailed. Oh, really? I guess he doesn't. <laughs> I've, 
I'm not a volunteer for my fire department, so I guess I won't and I can't scoff too much. But that again, um, I don't know. It seems like he's got a lot of time if he's going over to Ukraine to do freelance journalism. Uh, where's he posting? Does he have a YouTube channel? Where's he posting the journalism? I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, now that Chris Cuomo has been uh, steamrolled by the system, is he going to come around and be cool again? Well, I maybe no. he'll maybe he'll get it. Maybe he'll he'll his eyes will be opened and he will. He needs uh, to like leak some nudes or something <laughs> to get back in. The- oh, I guarantee based on how much Chris Cuomo loves himself. He has Cuomo branded dumbbells. OK, he, you can't have your own home gym branded with your own name. <laughs> That's how much he loves himself. So I guarantee there are a lot of uh, Cuom- nude Cuomo selfies in existence. That's for sure. Whatever happened to Anthony Weiner? Yeah, he, I don't know. He got out of jail. jail, He got out. Didn't Huma Abedin just, isn't she dating somebody new now? She's dating some celebrity. I was like, what? Uh, Like, um, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Bradley Cooper. Yep. What the fuck, dude? He's so hot. Uh, Huma Abedin looks like a man. Well, yeah, I, I don't think that she's particularly attractive, but she also comes with the baggage of knowing that Anthony Weiner's Weiner has been there. Like, how do you possibly get over that? I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh... <laughs> what What is he doing lately? There's no news about Anthony Weiner. Wait, wait, wait. No, there is. I, I let me correct the record. Four days ago, Anthony Weiner says he needs a secret hideout over his ex Huma Abedin's relationship with Bradley Cooper. He's not happy about this. I love her dearly. I want her to be happy and I'm happy. She is happy, but he is apparently very upset. He does not want to, he does not want to bear witness to, uh, her finding a new love life with Bradley Cooper. Hmm. Oh my God. I, I don't care. Um, did I read that one? Uh, I think I did. McMonahan, greetings, fellow whites. What percent of a nation's land should be left undeveloped and dedicated to preserving natural habitat? That's a good question. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I think it's arbitrary. I think it depends. Like, what if yeah. most of your country is like a desert wasteland like Australia? It's like yeah. it's de facto 99% uh, undeveloped natural habitat. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and I think it depends on not just the the beauty of whatever that land might be, but the resources on that the resources, land too, yeah. uh, and and how those are managed. So it'd be hard for me to say um, what the percentage should be, but I will say it's not zero. Uh, I do think that the the protection of of some public land for public uses of um, it's very important. It's yeah, I, I think that like all issues. Our federal government has become way too involved in that, though. I think the national parks are actually one of the better things that the federal government does. But just in Montana state, do I think that the state of Montana has a role in protecting some some public land for us all to enjoy? Absolutely. I don't have a problem with that at all. And uh, I'm glad that we do. But as far as the percentage protected, I don't know. Based on my understanding of how a lot of things are now, we have a lot of land that's probably overly protected. We have almost the entire state of Nevada is owned by the federal government. There's really nothing going on on a lot of yeah. that land. I don't think that we have um, a shortage of wilderness for people to enjoy. Maybe I'm just biased because I live in a part of the country where that's true. But if anything, I think that we could open areas up for 
development that we currently do not. Um, so anyway, I, I couldn't give you a percentage though. Neither could I. Yeah. Alpha Kenny one says, watches Sandy hook get demolished. Questions go unanswered. I have some questions about shut up conspiracy theorist. Alex Jones was found liable for defamation. Oh, this is the quote that he's getting. All right. Watches the Uvalde narrative completely change every day for months. School is also demolished. Is nobody even going to ask about this this time? What about the whole keys story BS? Did, excuse me. Did they already uh, demolish the school? I know they planned to, but did that actually happen? I don't know. Hmm. Um, the, I, I should correct the record. I, I should put a note uh, on for Sunday too. Um, there is additional body cam uh, footage that has come out that does show. Yeah, that came out since Sunday, and it does depict Arredondo. He was in there, and I know we didn't definitively say that he oh. wasn't, but I had some questions. What about What was that. he doing? Was he joing? Well, get this. There's. I'm going to put a note there so I don't forget. He might as well have been joing. Yes, uh, there's uh, footage available that I saw yesterday or the day before. He was kind of at the door at one point negotiating, yelling, "This could be peaceful," you know, to the shooter. That guy has just shot. I shouldn't. I'm going to stop myself. I'm laughing at Orodondo. I'm not laughing at 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 kids bleeding out inside that room. That's the absurdity of that situation is why it's funny. Not because of the murder. Orodondo sitting there at knowing that lots and lots of gunshots have just gone off in a classroom full of very young kids and, and standing somewhere near the door going, it, it could be a peaceful resolution here. Uh, we're willing to. Uh, what, what do you what, what do you want? We'll pick you up some Taco Bell or something if you want. What, what's your favorite kind of candy? We'll get that. That guy's he, he just did the Anakin Skywalker and killed the whole room full of kids. You yeah. go and kill him. There's no negotiating yeah. at this point. He's dead. Yikes. But yeah, that's what Arredondo was doing. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'll have to look in the demolition, too. I didn't know if that happened already. Um, this is Ryan. Hi, guys. What is the appropriate time to begin having children after you get married? Me and my fiance are both young and won't have jobs until at least the next fall because we have to finish school. Thanks. I don't know. I mean, I think enjoy your marriage for a year if you're under 25. Otherwise, start immediately. Hmm. It's hard for me to say because I wasn't married young. I got married and that was a priority for both of us. So we had our first kid before our first anniversary, but we're also... You know, yeah. I mean, we're not we're not early twenties or something like that, right? Uh, so that was that was a priority. But um, we were trying to have a baby before we got married. Wow, sinful. Yeah. Um, we we're also living together, so I I don't know. I, I don't know that there's a timeline that you have to hold yourself to as long as you both share the goal. You know, it's mo- and it sounds like you do. You both share that intent. So you just talk about it as you go. As a as a new father, um. It's sort of strange to say, because on the one hand, uh, yeah, I have more responsibility than I've ever had in my life. And you shouldn't take that lightly. You will have financial obligations. And I I don't know what your financial situation is, but for the both of you, you're going to have financial obligations more serious than you probably have ever had in your life, though. I don't know your exact situation. So maybe, maybe not. What I'm saying is treat it with sincerity. However, I I can also tell you it doesn't take some amazing skill set or it doesn't take superhuman ability right everybody wants to do this thing where they like wait until they're totally ready to have kids you're never totally ready especially financially and i don't know if you've been finding this but children are not expensive uh it's i would say that 
the cost that he does bring, which, you know, it's not, it, it's not drastic change. It, it just forces you it as a parent. It forces me to be more deliberate with my financial decisions, knowing that, okay, maybe yeah, but- it's not smart for me to go buy some purely frivolous thing because I have to provide for my son. Um, and but you're that, also thinking about his future. I'm talking about like yeah. current costs of kids. I don't know where this whole myth of like the expensive child came from. Mm-hmm. I, I, I truly don't understand. It's like kids, especially breastfed kids, it's so cheap. Assuming you are living in cur- currently living in decent living conditions, it's not like uh, having. Uh, I suppose the, the most significant cost for me is just providing health insurance for my family. Yeah. But that's also sort of a unique situation where. I'm not employed by anybody. I have my own business. And so I have to buy that. If you're in a situation where you're, you have the insurance cost covered, I mean, outside of that, it's not like the, the cost of, of, of his food and diapers and all those things is not drastically more significant than, I don't know if you, if you got a, a new car and had a, a payment on it, or if you had yeah. a, an insurance policy on it or something like that, it's not, it's insane... good that you're being forward thinking, though. Yeah. But this is such like a white person question. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> it should be a question for everybody. I don't. I don't. I don't know that. It, um... I think that white people need to have more reckless abandon in terms ah. of like not being completely financially prepared to take care of. Children. Oh, I see. You're going the other way. I thought. I thought it was like we all need to be more thoughtful. You're saying everybody. <laughs> I get it. All right. Um. Yeah, I, the, your your point that you could be too cautious about this to a self defeating extent is uh, is fair. That's what white people have done. They've they've self defeated themselves <laughs> into like a one point two birth rate. I yeah okay. I understand your point a little bit better. I didn't at first. Uh, now I get what you're saying. So what you thought I was saying was considerably more racist than I, what I was actually saying. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a point That's with a show racial first. distinctions. So I but uh, I guess I had interpreted it as like. I was thinking that you were saying everybody else needs to be more thoughtful. You're saying white people need to be more reckless. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, fair enough. All right. Armed desert rat. So this 20 year old Indiana in Indiana had two rifles and a pistol. And one uh, of the rifles was a six hour with an MSRP of a grand or more. Kid at Uvalde had two rifles, two and one was Daniel Defense. Why are all these young? Where are all these young men, men getting the money for these guns in this economy? Hmm. Honestly, when I think about high school, I I was poor and stuff. But like, if I really wanted to buy something, I could make it happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I it it depends on if you have assistance too. It's like uh, when I was younger, I was really I I mean, I still am. But I was when I was younger, I was really into snowboarding. That was like my entire life. And, um, and the equipment for that is pretty expensive. I basically worked for trade at like a a snowboard shop and spent what money I had on snowboard stuff, which a lot of which is several hundred dollars for each piece of equipment. So it's not unachievable. Um, I I guess if I want to be not conspiracy theorist about this, if you know that you're basically going on a death mission, you'll spend every cent that you have. But it does seem weird. And I've seen a side by side too, allegedly of this shooter's loadout compared to Uvalde. Um, Was it close? They weren't identical rifles because this shooter used a SIG. He also had an M&P 15, a Smith & Wesson. The Uvalde shooter had a Daniel Defense that he used. He also had a Smith & Wesson M&P 15 in the truck. 
and I don't know if the the Indiana guy had an EOTech, but I saw a picture that suggested that he did. If true, they would have not completely identical, but very, very similar rifle setups. And maybe that's just copycat stuff. We still don't have a motive on Indianapolis. Nobody knows why this kid did right. this. Maybe it's just copycat. Uh, I don't know. that close? It sounds like they were pretty similar. And then the Uvalde guy, I think, had a handgun in his possession, too, but never used it. If I recall correctly, I, I don't know. I suppose maybe those are just co- coincidence. I don't know. Or it could be that there's some orchestration to this. You know what I learned also learned about the Uvalde shooter this week during some of the additional reporting on it. They were coming through his uh, history and video game, his video game life. I don't know if he was on discord or what chat services he was using uh, or what he played on. But the report I saw said he was known among his peer group in the video games as school shooter. Oh, well, so, yeah, I heard that, too. Yeah. So was his gamertag school shooter? Did he go by school shooter in Discord? Was he just constantly talking about shooting up a school? If his name was school shooter, uh, I've seen some messed up shit uh, on online video games. So I suppose maybe you get desensitized to that. But school shooter is a, a pretty significant red flag, I would think. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's some organization behind it. Last one. Uh, Paint Slinger says for both of you, if you had the power to Thanos snap everyone who was explicitly against your general ideology or moral framework from existence, not including those who could be persuaded to at least find the middle ground, would you? I ask because if you truly believe you cannot live alongside those that have such a fundamental difference in core values like abortion or two way rights, then would a Thanos snap be immoral based on those grounds? Otherwise, it's just nimbyism as in not in my backyard. Well, just would, looking, you, would they be dead? Just looking the other way. That was my question too. What are the implica- What happens when I snap them? Do I move them all to some sort of island? In which case, yes. If I kill them, no. I cuck <laughs> on killing millions of people. Yeah, if it involves death, uh, of course, the value of a life is not determined by ideological agreement with me. Um, if it involves <sighs> Thanos snapping into a future where we have separate countries by voluntary choice... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's yeah, what he means. Yeah. Uh, I, if we could skip all the, the cleaning up of the mess that it takes to actually separate into areas where we're among people who choose to live with each, with each other for points of agreement. Great. Uh, but I think Thanos snap means they die. What what happened? I, obviously, I don't know the movie references. What happens when Thanos snaps? I have no idea. Do people I know that it that it creates an outcome instantly. I know that that's the premise here. But. If, if someone Thanos snaps you and you disappear, do you die? Is that a death thing? Let me know in the live I would need clarification on that. All right. Uh, we're good. Thank you guys for the questions. Um, again, uh, if you'd like to uh, send us one, the contact page of the website is how you do that. MattChristensonMedia.com slash contact. Call-in show question form is what you're looking for. We're good on D-Lime. Thank you guys over there. Let me scan uh, Tippy Stream here. And uh, just Jimney says command and conquer red alert is a video game based on a world where uh, a young Hitler is assassinated. It goes really well. Zero opposition to the Soviet Union sees them take all of Europe and threatening the entire world. That's that's interesting, too. I I love Mm -hmm. butterfly effect concepts where you change a piece of history and what would happen if you did that. And the the interesting I, I love that kind of thing where. 
something that is assumed to be good creates a, an unintended horrible outcome. You, you go back in time to change something that was bad. Lo and behold, because you did that, something worse actually happens. We tend to think if, if you could change history, it would definitely be better if you could. Well, not necessarily. You don't know what dominoes fall because of that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it means that everybody would get turned to dust. So they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't kill people just cause they are ideological opponents, but oh, fine. <laughs> are you good over there? Yeah. Jim P real climate science.com. Oh, wait, is an amazing... one more. Sorry. Uh, you finish that one and I'll come back. Is an amazing resource of newspaper articles and studies dating back to the 1800s detailing precedent for all these crazy claims. That is real science, realclimatescience.com. Is that where, I wonder what website did he send me to? I think that was it, wasn't it? Oh, okay. I had a bunch of data. It wasn't like a fully fully developed site, but it did, it did have a lot of useful data. Uh, Steve Large says, love your show. Very insightful. This compliment is coming from a boomer. Try to be nice to us. Thank you. Well, that's we all it. have a boomer that we love in our lives. Uh, if it wasn't for boomers, none of us would be here. It's that's fair to true. say. <laughs> Thank Although, you, Steve. If a different generation reared us, we surely would have fewer mental health problems. Hmm. Um, Matthew Malloy says, Blonde, what is the E on your necklace for? My daughter's name is Emmeline. Hmm. I talk about her constantly. Um, Bethany, what do you think about Daisy for a girl's name? I actually really like it. Um, do you? But uh, can I? I think that I will lose lose with my wife on that one. So why? No, I'm just joking. Uh, uh, but I I do like that name. That was on my uh, list of possible girl names before we knew if he was a boy. I or love girl. that name. I also well, like you. Love the name Clementine. But uh, I can't I'll have, never get that. I love it. I I know it's the alliteration's not great, and for me either. But um, I can't have a a daughter named Emmeline and a daughter named Clementine. Why? I think that's great. Emmeline they, and Clementine. Yeah, they rhyme. That's cool. They're just they're just too close. I've um, lost. I've fully lost on Clementine. So Clementine is yours if you want it. I can't because the alliteration. Mm. Well, I stole your dog's name, so you know whatever. <laughs> Daisy, I'm so into yeah. it. I think it's so cute. My husband thinks that it because I want to. If we have a daughter, I want to yeah. name her Daisy May, and he's like, "That is the name of a fat hick that fucks <laughs> her cousin." Like we're not naming. I I think Daisy's a great name, and whenever you. Uh, Look at your your precious newborn daughter. I want you to remember the greatest of all daisies, Daisy Ridley. Oh. <laughs> and her giant toothy grin and her force powers. She's so, she looks like a candy apple. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, Bethany W. Weird Al is culturally and nominally religiously orthodox. Really? Hmm. I didn't know that. Mean Steve, 69. She's still young with fetal alcohol syndrome, Greta von Doomsburg. <laughs> Could become the charismatic supervillain we've all been waiting for. Maybe. She uh, looks like yeah. a candy apple. How and dare you? She definitely has potential. You're right. Stedman Wellis says, uh, why not use the left's language of literally killing people if gun control is enacted due to the correcting, correlating reduction in defensive gun uses given how effective their language has proven hmm. to be? We do need to, to do this with the, the left has this mastery over language and shifting colloquialisms and like we we really need to utilize that well there's more. no question you can make that argument uh if not broadly in this case in indiana how many people have to die before yeah. you'll allow citizens to defend themselves it is indisputable that the policy of constitutional carry 
saved lives in yeah. Indiana on Sunday. You cannot make yeah, an yeah. argument otherwise. That guy was going to walk into the food court and kill everyone. Yeah. He had already killed some. And that's the interesting thing, too. Uh, as far as I understand, all indications are whoever this expert marksman kid is did not have a state issued permit. He could if he wanted to. But because Indiana chain, Indiana law changed on July 1st, he did not have to. But if he did the exact same thing on June 1st instead of July 1st, my understanding is he would have committed a crime in the state of Indiana. And I wonder how that would have been handled. Now, maybe they just give him a mulligan and say, ah, the law is going to change anyway. And frankly, you did the right thing. But I don't know. Let's say a year ago, they passed that law in March. Let's say a year ago he did this. Let's say it happened yeah. in July 2021. Technically, he broke the law by illegally carrying in Indiana. Would they go after him for that? I wonder, <clears throat> wonder what would have happened. But yeah. Uh, anyway, to, to return to the point of the chat, the change in policy, not just the skill of that shooter, which is the primary thing that saved lives, but secondarily, the change in policy saved lives. I, I if he's that good with guns, I'm going to guess he knows a thing or two about the laws in his state and probably wouldn't break them, probably wouldn't violate them. Uh, or maybe he would. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't give a fuck. I, I have no idea. This maybe this kid is just. That's why I want to hear him talk. I want to get a, a, an assessment of what this kid's all about. It should be a while. I, uh, it, it probably, I probably will be a little We didn't bit. hear from Kyle Rittenhouse for a while, did we? Well, not really. And he was being prosecuted. So he really had to yeah. shut the hell up. He really didn't hard. say much of anything at all until after he was acquitted. Um, Thunderstorm says, without Marx and Engels ideology and Lenin and Stalin murdering 80 million white people, the reactionary movement of fascism would never have existed. P.S. Thank you for your show, Matt. And it would be really hard for me not to kill baby marks, though. <laughs> All right. I'll put some more thought to that. Calvin thank you. 58. Don't wait too long to have kids. My ex uh, had to have an oophorectomy and hysterectomy in her early 30s. Ugh, mm. that sucks. But is very uncommon. Still, uh, everybody should be having children earlier, myself included. If I could change one thing about my life, I would have started having kids. Mm. I would have been ready to start having kids earlier. Yeah. Well, uh, and from a dad's perspective too, I don't think that I'm too old, although, you know, I'm not, I'm not young anymore either, but there is something to say for <clears throat> being young enough as a dad to really enjoy dad activities with your kids. I don't want to be, you know, completely unable to do physical things with them. So yeah, that's yeah. uh it's important to me. And uh, that's a benefit I would see to being younger and more able bodied as a dad as well. Yeah. My husband's 41 now. Mm -hmm. And by the time we're done having kids, God willing, he'll be 47, hmm. 47. Yeah. <laughs> that is fucking old to be a father to a newborn. Um, and of course I'm 34, which is way too old to be doing this. Uh, hillbilly deluxe says I work with three sisters named Colby, Bree and, Lor and Lori Lorraine. I ruined all the chances I had with them when I asked them, why did your parents name you after Jesus? <laughs> they are. Wow. It's the most uh, goddamn faggy thing names. you've ever seen. Uh, we're good. Is that it? All right. We're all set. Yep. Let me give a quick refresh on uh, Tippy stream. Yeah, we're all set. So we will call that uh, 
a show. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. As always, appreciate your calls, appreciate your emails, appreciate your chats as well. Of course, we will be back on Sunday as usual to talk about whatever happens between now and then. And if you missed any part of the show, remember you can listen back on the audio platforms. Uh, you'll find them over on the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcast. If you're looking for the show, if you're looking for anything else, it's all over on the website as well. mattchristensenmedia.com. Find everything show related there. Have a great night and uh, we'll catch you on Sunday evening. <laughs>